You're listening to episode two of Record Night. Here at Record Night, we each bring in records from our respective shelves, show them to each other, and give our thoughts after our initial listens. Oh, perfect. It is. <laughs> it's part review, part analysis, part buds hanging out. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And, and let's begin. Let's see. How you doing, pal? I'm doing good. I'm ready for episode two, the yeah. poop episode. The poop episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, today, uh, I am be showing you Angel Olsen's All Mirrors. New York came out on Friday. Um, it was going to be Wilco's new record, but that hasn't shown up yet. But Angel well, we'll Olsen, get to it eventually. Yeah, eventually, we will. Uh, mine this week is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards Infest the Rat's Nest, yeah. which came out back in August. Yeah. And I've been searching exhaustively for a copy of it, but all that's left. Picture discs. Oh, you don't want that. I don't want the picture discs. I want the full packaging. Yeah. And there's some weird unspoken rule with record manufacturers <laughs> where you can't package the lyrics and the full album artwork if you have a picture disc. Yeah, because yeah, they want to show off the picture disc, I guess, right? I guess so. Whatever their reasoning is. So I tend to avoid those. And they kind of, yeah, they kind of sound shitty, right? Scratchy? I've heard, I've heard they wear down a lot quicker. Okay. They're nice. I have a couple of them. They're nice for kind of like showing off like those, yeah. those are the ones i buy like uh can you please sign my record for me yeah i got an ajj picture picture disc because i was like oh it's a, a, a one of the things at the record booth i don't have like right they have the merch table <laughs> um but so i've more or less given up on trying to find the record for now yeah um uh, but i do want to get it out of my system and talk about it before we start getting into other releases i'm interested in mm-hmm. later this year uh, so we're gonna go ahead and Spotify that one, not okay. sponsored. <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of also not sponsored, uh, we hang out, we drink yeah, beers we because drink- we want this to be a almost like you're hanging out with your friends' record experience. Anyway, it's a record night. Record night. Yeah. Hence the name of the podcast. Yeah, we done a few before we actually decided to do a podcast. Right. So because we because we think people actually care about what we're saying. Right? <laughs> they might. I think it's our. Late twenties, early thirties, white guy genetics that are making us think it's time to start podcasts. Right, right. So I brought the beer tonight for us to try out, and it is Left Hand Brewing Company's White Russian. Oh shit! Uh, nitro. Uh, nice. We are not sponsored, but Left Hand, if you would like to sponsor us, please. Yeah, we will. Uh, definitely. They are based in my hometown of Longmont, Colorado. Oh yeah, yeah. And not only do I have a hometown bias. Um, great beer. Uh, they make a lot of my favorite beers, and you know what, hometown pride. So, uh, White Russian, like Big Lebowski. Yeah, I guess, which is a movie I think I enjoy. It's been a long oh, yeah, time. Yeah, it's been a long time. I was like, you should really watch the Big Lebowski. I've seen it many times. Yeah, there are parts of it I really, really like. Um, there are parts of it that aren't the best. Oh, shit, these are bigger than I thought they'd be. Oh, yeah. It's also nitro, so it's going to have... Like a coffee taste to it? No. Uh, <laughs> ni- nitro's the uh, the carbonation. Yeah, it makes that sound. Um, because it put a bunch of extra, like, nitrogen in it. So you can... Uh, it gets, like, a thicker thicker mouth feel. Which, it's those good. are some those are some gross words leaving yeah, my mouth. Mouth feel? A thick mouth feel. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I, I uh, just had a swig of this, and oh, yeah, it's got coffee, which is great, and it tastes great. Oh, this scares me every yeah. time. Yeah, oh, you shit. think, like, like, usually, you know, it's a. Yeah. End, yeah, I'm just worried I'm going to ruin your floor and oh, your dude, table. Have you seen the floor in here? It's already ruined. No, I never look down. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you never look back or down. Mm-mm. I run into a lot of stuff. 
That is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So we're going to have you go first this okay. week since I went first last week. Yeah. Tell me about what you brought. So I brought Angels and Dominators as a fourth point. I have a little... Now, I want to you guys right here. This will be my first time listening to this record, too. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I didn't have time after I got home yesterday. I had to watch a movie for the other podcast I do. A first... Something to do. A first for record night, <laughs> lady and gen- ladies and gentlemen. Uh, both people have not heard this album yet. Oh, that's going to be interesting. But also... Uh, Angel Olsen? Yeah, Angel is she Olsen. One of the, is she the fourth Olsen sister? She, uh, surprisingly, is not related to any of the Olsen sisters. Well, she might be related to an Olsen sister, an Olsen just sister. not the one we know. Yeah, yeah, ones exactly. We know. So, um, she is uh, a strange bird with a beautiful song. <laughs> um, I think is the best way to put it. Is that a quote from no, somewhere? No, I just, I just, it's wow. a quote from me. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, she grew up as a foster child in St. Louis, um, so, uh, like, from a very young age, she was fostered, and the family took care of her. And um, she grew up in St. Louis going to punk and noise shows. I didn't um, know St. Louis had a noise scene. I guess, what is a noise scene? Like, I don't I mean, know. Yeah. It's my scene. I was more, it was more out of interest yeah. instead of, like, that's bullshit. St. Louis doesn't have anything but weird pizza. Yeah. Like, I've never had St. Louis pizza. I, never, I just talk shit. Yeah, I don't know if I've had it. I've been there a couple times. Sorry, we're getting off track. But yeah, anyway. So, yeah, uh, she went to going to punk shows, noise shows, and I guess Christian rock shows, but I'm not finding any, like, literally, like any reference to religion in her songs. Hey, I went to Christian rock shows. I did, too. Zayo, pretty good Christian punk, uh, hardcore band. I liked P.O.D. a lot. Oh, you you're one of those guys? <laughs> Pay one, death, guys. And so, so she grew up, she lived in St. Louis, um... Now she was in Asheville, North Carolina. That I don't know what's in Asheville, just I guess where she wants to live. Uh, Angel she, Olsen is in Asheville. Yeah, now she, now she is. Okay. Uh, and um, she's a self-taught musician. Like, like she didn't go as far as I can tell. Like this, is what Wikipedia tells me, by the way. Um, this yes, this is her fourth record. I only know two other ones. The one before this, is My Woman, fantastic, by the way. Okay. And the one uh. Uh, another one, which is um, "Burn Your Fire for No Witness." Um, the "Burn Your Fire for No Witness" is kind of like a lo-fi, angsty punk, like sad music. Um, I like this. And uh, "My Woman" is actually it has much more lush instrumentation, lots of jangle, with quite a few bangers in that record. I love her last record. Um, with this new one, I, what I did listen to a little bit of it on Spotify Sunday when I was doing dishes. Okay. And, um, <laughs> And uh, it's kind of like, um, it's like she, uh, it's she brought in a bunch of strings, like 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 string instruments, like, right? Yeah, like it, like it, she was on SNL and she had a twelve piece orchestra with her. Oh damn! Yeah, um, so she's she's not just a singer; she's a singer songwriter, which means that um, almost all, if not all, songs were written by her. So it's not like she she's a, a hired gun, like. Like um, Beyonce or Britney Spears or any of those pop singers, right? Even though you'll hear a lot of that sort of sound in here. Okay. Um, yeah, I know you had texted me when we were setting up a day to record this, and you were like, "I'm going to challenge you with this next one." <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm very interested because so far the only thing I know about this is that there's a decent amount of hype behind it. I didn't even know she was on SNL. I I just saw it like. On like an Instagram story, come across like yeah, I think I this think was that, a good album that released this week. Yeah, Angel Olsen, go check it out. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, um, 
she had this fear early on uh, in her career of being pitchled as a sad singer. As, like, the sad girl. Okay. From, especially from Burn Your Fire for No Witness. She was just, like, angsty, sad, like, like broody. And she's like, well, I'm going to change that. Uh, so she she's seen that being pigeonholed, but there's a melancholy undercurrent in almost all her music, you know, like something darker, you know, mysterious under there, which doesn't make for a great radio listen, which I'm totally fine with. I, uh, you and I, I, I think very rarely do I hear something on the radio and think I want to get that. Very rarely do I hear anything on the radio. The, <laughs> yeah, only, yeah, the yeah. only time I put on the radio is when my phone has died. Oh yeah. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm stuck with this. I can't listen to silence. Um, but yeah, I'm not not much of a radio listener. The the thing is, man, like I got XM radio, and even that's kind of, it's kind of hard to find stuff on on the on satellite radio that I want to hear because like they got like so like I'll be I have two stations, three stations that I have saved, Lithium, which is like a '90s rock station, right? So they play like Nirvana. And all. Well, of course they play Nirvana. Yeah, and then you know every now and then get to the Wet Sprocket, and I heard Solo song Runaway Train on the way here, like uh-huh. Runaway Train never come back, and then. But, and then I have Alt Nation, which is like just modern alternatives to the, like the revivalists and like, how am I think I'm blanking on modern alternative bands. Uh, oh, Cage the Elephant. Ah, uh, Alternative J. Yeah. All, yeah, I can't stand Alternative <laughs> Like to me, they're like the most, moving on. And then I got uh, uh, Sirius XMU, which is like the college rock station. So I'll hear her. Oh, oh did you go to did you go to XMU? I, I did not go to XMU. Uh, well, that's the close to real college extra I went to. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, so, like I said, she um, she did see that being pitched as a sad girl, but she um, does have a melancholy on her music, even on the prettier moments, which is there are a lot of pretty moments. She's, like I said, she's got a beautiful song. Um, so I when I went to the store yesterday, I bought this. He was like, "Yeah, I'm not really into other stuff. I'm really into this." And by the way, if you're this hand called Big Thief, and I stopped right there. I'm like, I have all the records, because <laughs> um, the Big Thief they're doing a two releases this year. Oh, nice! And so they came out with one earlier this year called UFOF, and then I think in sometime later when I'm in Japan, sometime they're releasing the other one. And uh, I'll be getting a lot it. of bands doing two releases I this year. I think it has to do with like the bands they 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 go in the record booth, they like all their songs, yeah, and they're like, well, we need it in sequence. So they pick ten out, and then they're like, they give it to the company, and they're like, you know, I sequence these other ten tracks we wrote. That'd be cool if we release this too. Yeah, and well, because it's uh, King Gizzard has two this year. Yeah, Sun has two this year. Oh, they're doing two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thief, Big Thief. Big Thief. Uh, has two this year. I'm sure, I know there's more, but it's something about the air, the water in 2019. It's, People are just extra creative, I guess. I'm into it. Uh, I know that prolific. Jeff Lewis, not Jeff Lewis, uh, sorry. Um, Jeff Wilco's Tweedy. Frontman, Jeff Tweedy. He, uh, wow, released, I just threw a name yeah, out there. Yeah, I didn't, that is I didn't. <laughs> he came out with a solo record this year called Warm, and then he came out with the second solo record called Warmer. The same year. Nice. Is it like a companion album, or is yeah, it just, or is he just uncreative without? Well, no, well it's it's like a, I guess part two. But he says that he could release this and feel just as proud as the first one. Oh, cool. Uh, we'll talk about Jeff Tweedy a whole lot in the next episode. Right. Um, <laughs> if your record ever comes in. Yeah, yeah. So um, this will be new to me. Like I said, I haven't really listened to much of it. This will be very new to me because yeah. I haven't even listened to albums before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, Since I've got nothing to base it off of besides yeah, just, your description. Yeah, just my description. Um, so, like I said, I'm a pretty casual fan. Uh, 
So uh, I'm I like Angel Olsen quite a bit, but she's not like. But I wouldn't really say, oh, fuck yeah, like I can't wait to listen to Angel Olsen. I'm just like, cool, she has a new record. I think we can pick it up. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I'll you know I want to mention Big Bill's record company also had. The Minutemen's Double Nickels on the Dime, which I've been searching for forever. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, every time I... I it was just on display. I still need to give that album another shot. I think I listened to it once in my punk days and was like, this isn't punk enough for me. Yeah, and then yeah. I gave well, I mean, up like, on like, it. We listened to Who's Who Do the last time you were here, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you were into that. Yeah. As I mean, my tastes have changed quite a bit. Oh, yeah, mine too. Yeah, I almost hit the Midsummer soundtrack, by the way, yesterday. I, I saw it sitting at the record store the other day, too, and was like... Do I want that? No, I was like, I'm not thinking to the eighty dollar range here. Like when right. records. Um, oh, which actually, when I went to the record store looking for King Gizzard, uh-huh. uh, I ended up picking up that Boris reissue. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. Which yeah. was really good, and I picked up a thirty three and a third book about Ween's chocolate and cheese. Uh, speaking of creepy music, <laughs> dude, I love this album. I yeah. love Ween. Like if it's something's been rolling around in my head where we go back and talk about like classic albums or stuff that's important to us yeah. and it, well, i will be cramming ween down your throat okay don't yeah. you worry i'm all about it so but um we should also mention that in this episode we are going to give our recommendations for scary creepy music or that? movies or games oh, it's yeah. it's it's an october episode i got a few right there okay cool <laughs> um it's it's october Everyone wants to talk about spooky stuff, and yeah. neither of the albums we brought are really that spooky, unless no, no. you think climate change is scary, which it is. Oh, it's terrifying. Um, so I'll be talking about something <laughs> spooky at length, but we'll be we'll be giving some suggestions yeah, later. Yeah, so um, uh, you ready to listen to this record, pal? I'm 100% uh, ready. Let's do it. Well, uh, uh, like you said, go to Spotify or your local record store, pick it up, and then come back and listen to our review, or if you don't give a fuck about that, just wait about 10 seconds. Yeah, we'll be back. So that was Angel Olsen's All Mirrors. Oh, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I like but, that. Your dog loves my crop. Sorry. Hey, Hugo, buddy. Here. Come <laughs> here. So, uh, we'll start. I'm gonna start to say a few broad things about them. We'll get deep into the meat. Yeah, we can. We uh, can so, hit up each song along yeah. the way. So this is produced by John Coggleton. Um, I can guarantee he's probably made one of your two favorite records. Like, you think like, so? Uh, he has a extensive list, but um, he is a Dallas native, like okay. me. Okay. Um, and he was in the band called The Paper Chase. Do you remember? Does it sound familiar? Not really. Okay, they're like an indie rock band. I guess okay. so. But, um, he made a few of my favorite records of a couple of past couple years. One of them being the Cloud Nothing's um, second record, third record, sorry. And it was really drum heavy. This one is not drum heavy. No, but it is beat heavy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I wrote down on multiple songs something interesting was going on with the beat. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Or at least, like, the drum sounded really cool. Um, I think overall, like, the production is really good on this. Oh, you're really Um, solid. Yeah. It's super solid. I love the, like, the string arrangements on every song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listened to so many records where a singer-songwriter or really anybody wants to throw strings in there, Mm -hmm. and they either don't add anything to it, they're distracting or they just don't really fit Mm -hmm. as well as they should and this one is like it felt like it was written concurrently with the strings oh yeah yeah. like they played off of each other well they matched the vibe of the album it didn't really sound cheesy i feel like a lot of oh yeah yeah looking at you metallica's snm so and stuff like that you just get this like 
kind of cheesy orchestra sound and this didn't have that like it not was at all perfect and, for it and the thing is about about this record is an interesting uh, fact i learned is that um angel Olsen was in the release two versions of the album simultaneously like a stripped down version just her guitar and then the fleshed out version but after listening to the fleshed out version he's like no this is the record i wrote I feel like I barely heard any guitar, so it's yeah, like, yeah. what are you going to release on yeah, that stripped exactly. down album? Yeah, so but didn't I feel like Saint Vincent did something very similar to that, yeah. where she did an album called, I think it's called like Mass Seduction, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 the last one, right? Yeah, but then that one was very production heavy. There was a lot of like, uh, I think there were strings and synths. They they brought in a lot of extra musicians, mm-hmm. and then she released a companion album i guess that was the same album but stripped down like right. exactly the same idea that i haven't heard um but it's it's kind of an interesting thought yeah uh, yeah hearing so, two different versions of songs so um we'll start from the very beginning yeah first track is lark lark so as a soft beginning it fades in yeah you know? uh and it starts out pretty soft, and then it all comes in. This is when you sort of get the first feel of what the record's actually like. Yeah, this has... This song specifically was really... I mean, they were all really dynamic, but yeah. this one uh, kind of, as far as dynamics go, reminded me of the Pixies, uh-huh. where it had these quiet verses, yeah. really loud, bombastic... But not heavy in the ...choruses, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it went back to quiet, um, and it kind of kept doing that so really reverb heavy this first record's first track yeah the whole really record's vibrato like lots of reverb vibrato um she has a very interesting howl uh best of way she she has some songs where she doesn't howl at all but her signature thing and this is in past records is where she has this howl uh, like a werewolf? Not like a werewolf. Um, <laughs> but like, but like you know, long, sort of, uh, but loud. You know, right? And uh, like I saw the midway through Lark, there was a time to like she sort of, I guess, take a breather is the best way to put it. Uh huh. Um, like the second verse, just like when you say it got softer. Um, I've noticed that. The strings add so much more to these songs. Than- they did. Like, the second thing I wrote down was, I like the strings. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> like, I know you said strings were going to be here, but yeah. I was yeah, I was, I was really surprised with how much they actually yeah. added to it. And these songs, they're non-traditional song structures. Like, like, like very... This song especially. Yeah, there's no chorus. There's no, like, like, there's just, there's just the song. This is the piece, you know? This like, one has some... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this one has some chorusy type things. Like it's interesting where it's like where a chorus would be happening. Uh-huh. She's not singing like chorus words. Like it's not something that you repeat everything yeah. after a verse, but it's like a chorus type thing is happening. And with the first song, uh, this you notice something that happens throughout the record is this sort of like a calamitous Concophony of sounds, like, yeah. Um, like, like the the strings all come together, and I didn't expect how much ugly sounds for them to make. There were a lot of yeah, like, yeah. there's a lot of dissonance. Yeah, and that's what I didn't expect, and I was really happy to hear a bunch of that. Yeah. Uh, this one, uh, what did it? It her. You said before that she kind of had this. She was trying to get away from this like sad girl. <laughs> Kind of thing, and then she opens a song that opens with some kind of like nostalgic melancholy. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. like, I don't know. This seems yeah. pretty sad. And I was, <laughs> I was curious if she had actually stepped away from it, which she does later on in the album. But 
Yeah. I feel like your opening track is your statement of an album. Yeah, like, it's this, is, this is what I'm going to do unless it's an intro song, which yeah. if you're making albums, don't make intro songs. Yeah, yeah. That's that's very 90s. And oh, I yeah. realize I am a product of the 90s. <laughs> and you're tired of those intro songs. <laughs> it's time to stop. Stop making intro songs. But uh, specifically, I wrote down um, the third line in here. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, where is it? She starts talking about like not only her the people she knows changing, but like the city. Mm-hmm. Um, the second line is uh, if we could only start again pretending we don't know each other, um, which is that in itself is a really cool line. But then I could not come back the same the city's changed it's not what it was back when you loved me <laughs> like you're everyone like, has that sort of feeling too like at least i have oh yeah, yeah you know, i what, go back to my hometown at least once a year and it's just like like man it's not the same it's not the same like you can't get that feeling back when you were lived there ever again yeah and then she ties it to the person she's talking about in the song and yeah. it's like it's a pretty strong emotional message oh yeah of just like tying this kind of nostalgia for something that's changed in like your hometown and then also to a person yeah and you can't finding that feeling you had with that person or that town ever again exactly um this song also does something really cool with um the way it does its beat because most of the song it has this kind of like two strong beats that uh-huh. has kind of something that's like duh, duh, oh it's under it yeah. Duh, duh. yeah like you're kind of hearing this bass drum and then you get to the section after she starts singing dream on uh-huh. and it switches to three strong beats yeah yeah and duh, duh, like kind of like a triplet type thing and i don't know it was just really interesting it added for being the longest song on the album i felt like there was a lot of a lot of dynamics a lot of changes um, but it still felt like weirdly cohesive. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Um, she does do something, and I think it's only on this song that I specifically dislike. <laughs> um, she pushes her words together when oh, yeah. she's uh, singing them or saying them or doing what she's doing on this, where like the words are kind of running into each other. Okay. Almost. I don't know if she's trying to imitate like she's being drunk or something like that. It doesn't show up on any other song. Okay. But it's like the words just kind of flow and run into each other. You feel like she's trying to rush it maybe? Not even rush. She's, I think she's trying to like secretly slip like a, uh, like slurring her words in there almost. Okay. Um, I didn't get that. So I felt like a lot of times throughout this song, I was reading through the lyrics as we were listening to Uh it. And I was like, where are we? Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing words that I'm not understanding because, yeah. like, they're just being pushed together in yeah. a weird way. So, uh, it also, this song ended very weird, just sort of abrupt. Yeah, which is different from the rest of the album. Yeah, where... Where uh, it feels like they kind of want to, like, play in this space a little bit. Yeah. Where they're like, we've got this cool instrumentation. And a lot of the songs, I would say the vast majority of them, end after the last line is said they just kind of like jam a little bit yeah so they do a little thing there's not really like any like solos or anything like that but they're just kind of like well let's kind of build on this maybe throw in some dissonance do some stuff but there's always like that 30 seconds near the end of let's let's just kind of ride out this vibe for a little while and so we move into the second song 
And this is the first song I know Slender that actually has a hook. The titular track. Yeah. This, this is, is all mirrors. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you said, has a deep rhythm, but this really moves on voices. You know, like... Yeah. Um, obvious classical music influence in this song. Because, like, you know, like halfway through, it just breaks into classical music. Yeah. I got a pretty strong, like, goth influence oh, from yeah, this one. Because yeah, yeah. it's got just, like, those gothy synths, which... Yeah. I'm I'm a sucker for synths. I wrote oh, down yeah, a yeah. couple there's of a times point, on here. Yeah, yeah. Like I love I love my cheesy '80s synth. At no point did this feel cheesy to me at all. Um, yeah, I mean, all, it doesn't feel che- the the synth sound is very '80s, which I think in my mind triggers cheesy. cheesy. I don't think it's cheesy, but yeah, that's probably the best way to and describe the synths. All Mirrors is a pretty great title track. Cause it's one of the better songs on the record. I agree. Um, um, it's a really great production to the whole thing. Yep. Uh, you know, like in that sign, I need some time to move me. Like that was repeated over and over again. Um, it, it. I mean, it's a great song. It's a. Uh, I like for like I said, I don't think any of these songs could have been played on the radio and make any sort of waves with people. I can't see myself anyone else working out to this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like imagine, like because you don't want to be sad and melancholic while you work out yeah who doesn't but like to me um the production is really interesting um mostly like like i i I get a lot out of this um listen for the first time but it is a heavy listen it is Um, i mean i needed uh i needed a little bit before we started recording again like not because i was like feeling sad or anything but it's like i needed to kind of like clear this weird air of melancholy yeah yeah just sort of like yeah yeah let's do this um Um, but this song since we were talking about like interesting song structure this one is it's got a build yeah and then it kind of sits at this plateau for a little bit builds a little bit more um until like this pretty loud thing that you think is the final build and then it builds a third time to this just really loud climax that i love like i love just like this it's kind of constant building so i actually had this line i I wrote preheat the oven ready to eat (laughs) yeah because there's like it built all these songs build yeah and uh i love that in songs when they build because because it it keeps it interesting you you don't have this you know verse chorus 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 bridge verse chorus you know like yeah i mean i listen to a lot of post-rock Back in my day, kind yeah. of the, uh, you know, you got your Godspeed, you Black Emperor, yeah, yeah, and stuff sure. like that. Just the, what are the, the crescendo core. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like this just nails it perfectly. Oh, yeah, of just yeah. like this kind of, it starts slow, low and slow, and then it just gets faster and louder, and it, it pays off. Like it builds up all this tension and then just pays off in such all, a great and way. Yeah, and like I said, like not one of the few songs in here that has a not traditional structure. I mean, most of the songs on here actually have non-traditional structures. Yeah. Um, and that brings us into Too Easy. Oh, sorry. I had one oh, last thing to oh, say yeah, about sure, All sure, Mirrors. Sure. Um, kind of going more towards the lyrical side again. Uh-huh. This pervasive kind of nostalgic melancholy that goes throughout the album is she focuses again on the like the past in this one mm-hmm. with just the opening line. Uh, I've been watching all my past repeating. Uh, there's no ending, <laughs> and it, like that's a pretty good representation of thinking back on. Stuff. Oh yeah, because just you've got these kind of like really cyclical memories, and you that... always think about what I should have said in this moment, or what you felt in this moment, like how you would have handled things differently. Right, and 
I I had this um love hate relationship with nostalgia. Uh huh. Um, because I when I I'm I'm a sucker for it. I think every human is. Right. But I'm also wanting to look forward. I'm thinking that well, that was the part of my life that's over. I need to live in the now. Yeah, but you can still build oh, yeah. on what you learned in the well, past. I'm not saying that, that, that this record's a, a detriment to that at all. No. No, I'm saying that 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 there's something really cathartic about listening. And, like, she, and, you know, her last record had a lot to do with being a woman. I'm not a woman. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think you are either. No. So, not but, what I identify as. But I was able to identify with a lot of the lyrics in this record. Yeah, they're, they're a lot more... Uh, I wouldn't say more. This is the first album I heard that I listened yeah, to, yeah. but they're they're pretty universal. Yeah, like yeah. I I feel like at no point was I like, oh, I don't identify with that, or I don't know what you're saying there. Not but, that I lack empathy and couldn't put myself <laughs> in someone's boots, but it yeah, it was all very relatable. Yeah, and then we get to Too Easy, which is kind of like the first love song in the record, I guess I'd say. I got a lot to say about love oh, songs. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. So um, this one... Uh, was poppy uh like in the aspect that i think it was like at first you think that the, this could be somewhere and then you're like okay the song structure again doesn't translate well to a, a terrestrial format yeah it does do something cool mm-hmm. i didn't write a lot of notes about this yeah. song because this one was kind of whatever for me yeah. um but it does this little thing with the beat where it's almost like a false start like yeah, it kind of right. builds to something and the drums come in mm-hmm. and the drums are like nope never mind not gonna start playing and then it makes you wait almost like a whole another few lines Before. until like it actually kicks in yeah and it's like oh okay cool, cool. <laughs> now the beat's happening like it, like hints at something and you're like you really want it to start up, so, yeah. and then when it starts up, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. good, 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 good. So this one had an interesting vocals when it comes. They sound very double-tracked. Uh-huh. And I don't know if it was another song or a vocoder, because there, there was, you know, her how and then something under it. Right. And so I, I, I was trying to figure that out, the whole, the whole song. <laughs> this, was, this was the song I actually wrote down about the, like, little jams that they do at the uh, end. Yeah, yeah, like, this there's... one, this had a pretty cool jam at the yeah. end, um, which... That brings us to New Love Cassette. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, love the synth in this song. This one was very cool. I mean, if we're talking about uh, nostalgic things, a fucking love mixtape on a cassette, <laughs> like, you can't get you can't get much more nostalgic yeah, than I remember, that. I actually underline this. Each song builds, and this song builds big time. The first thing I wrote down was, ooh, yeah, that's synth. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, also wrote down... Um, how inoffensive the songs are, but also I could see how a lot of people would not be into this. This one had that little bit of, not even a little bit, it had a lot of bit of dissonance where like yeah. it, it builds pretty quickly to this like wall of dissonant noise and then it all just drops out. Yeah. And then it, we're back to kind of like this calm. Yeah, this sort of like, like, like. Sea that I really yeah. liked. Yeah, it was, and it's a song I actually wrote down sexy because it's a sexy song. Sexy. You know, like, like, I don't, I don't have a lot of bands that listen to the right sexy songs. <laughs> this was a sexy song. Okay. Um, in, a, in a way that, you know, like, I don't know. Okay, I'll say it. Whatever. Um, uh, this song I was thinking about Hearing Saint Joseph, I'm like, what are good songs to fuck to, <laughs> right? And I thought, of all the songs, this would be the one. Um, I mean, in the context of this record, maybe. Yeah. But the rest of it just makes me sad. Like, like when I, I mean, when I think about having sex to music, I don't 
initially think large walls of dissonant yeah. noise. <laughs> You're right. I actually wrote down also the same uh, same one, uglier sounds than I thought, because there were a lot of like weird dissonant sort of like coming in and stealing you away from the song by creating these ugly noises, which I fucking yeah. love. I mean, maybe if I were to have a auditory representation of what my naked body looks like, a wall of ugly sounds yes, yeah. would be it. Perfect, yeah. yeah perfect. Um, I actually really like New Love Kid Set. This, I this is, this a great is song. one of, like I said, one of my favorite songs on the record. Um, I actually think this side, because uh, Lark and All Mirrors were side one, mm-hmm. side two being Too Easy, New Love Cassette, and Spring. I yeah. think this was my favorite of all the four side songs. of all the four. Yeah, yeah. Was, these were great songs, um, uh, which brings us into Spring. It would start out kind of like a piano ballad. Yeah. You know, very uh, sort of very 70s Fleetwood Mac type feel to it. <laughs> right. Um, and it's a good breather. Like, you sort of like, like after all this sound, and but then again, it does this thing where it builds. Yep. There's um, a lot of building on this yeah. album. Um, it doesn't feel like a pop record, which I was afraid it would. Yeah. Um, this- uh, there are... Well, we'll talk about it later, but I definitely said... A couple of times, like, well, this is this is interesting for a pop record. Yeah, then I feel like maybe we shouldn't call it. Th- yeah, it's like probably it's probably not a pop. The record. best thing I can describe, it, and this is a horrible way to describe anything, because it describes all the way from U two to Wilco, right? Art rock, I guess, the best way to put it. Maybe, maybe we can even just we can go broader and yeah. just call it alternative. Alternative, yeah, that's the most broad way. Uh, uh but this one keeps it. They keep it. They keep it interesting for sure. Like, like you said, like. Uh, a lot of songs fall to that, um, that, um, fuck, uh, that, that structure that you're so used to. Oh, and, yeah. And this doesn't have it. Like, it, it makes you pay attention yeah, to the album. May, yeah, and it's a heavy listen, I'll say that. Uh, but this song has a Mellotron, so it's instantly the yeah. best song on yeah. the album. You know the Mellotron is my favorite instrument. Oh, yeah. Do, like, are you familiar with the Mellotron? It's this, oh. when was it from? Probably the 60s, maybe 70s. Yeah. Precursor to the synthesizer. Okay, yeah, yeah. But instead of drawing from computer files, when you pressed a button on this keyboard type thing, it still looked like a synthesizer. Uh-huh. It played from magnetic tape. Oh, wow. Okay. Of somebody live recording something. So it's oh, like you have a Mellotron that's that crazy. plays uh, violins. It's some guy on a violin on tape playing that note. And oh. then you would press that button and, and it would play it. And that's why you get that little wiggle. You get the wiggle because they are the most finicky instrument that has ever existed. Because uh-huh. you've got hanging magnetic tape yeah. that it needs to be in the perfect conditions of temperature, electrical current, and all that stuff. Or it goes slightly out of tune, which is why a lot of like psychedelic bands use it. Because yeah. it's like, this sounds weird no matter what. We can't make <laughs> it sound good, but it still sounds great. Like the Beatles use it a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of psychedelic. Like this this song actually was very psychedelic. Like the end jam on this song. Oh yeah, there's a little jam at the end. Yeah, yeah, it was really psychedelic. They did some crazy stuff with her voice, of like filters and reverb and all that stuff, and it all sounded super cool. You know, it was weird. People used to call her folk. Like they like they told the folkier side of indie rock, and I'd be like, and this the the no point did this written this record did I feel like this was the folkier side of anything. No, that would not describe this record at all. Um, but I, I, I could see if she took these and did do that kind of stripped down version, mm-hmm. how it could be an interesting 
folk album, but I think I would miss the strings quite a bit. Um, and as far as lyrical content goes on this one, I really liked the line, uh, how time has revealed how little we know, how little we know us. Yeah, right. Like, it's just like more kind of looking back. Yeah, looking um, back at the relationship or or whatever, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's just a good line. I feel like it's been a long time since I've listened to an album where the lyrics have been well written and I've like written stuff down and was like, that's a good lyric. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's solid. Yeah. I, I uh, recently in my older years, I've become a real wordy guy. Uh-huh. So, like, lyrics mean a lot to me. Um, it, unless it's like a Russian circles record when there's no lyrics whatsoever. Yeah, when it's instrumental. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, because, I, it might just be the way I have always listened to music, but I really, I do it in, like, layers. Yeah. And vocals and lyrics vocals and then lyrics are the last thing i look for oh, like yeah. lyrics are kind of like the sprinkles on uh-huh. top of this delicious cake where right. it's like if the lyrics are good on top of a great album that elevates it but i i usually i listen to the music like yeah, the yeah. music underneath the vocals and the lyrics and stuff are what i listen to sure, more than sure. anything um and then we uh get to the second disc we get side three uh what it is this is the first song of side three i hated side three See, um, I, it was. Oh, we'll we'll talk about it when we get to the later songs. But so, I, um, this song catches your attention right away um, because it, it's different. It sounds nothing like side one or the first disc. Uh, it builds like all the other songs on this record, right? Um, but this is actually the side where I thought her lo-fi roots are. This song mostly her lo-fi roots were coming through a bit more. Yeah, because um, you know her voice is strongly altered um which that reminds me of a quote uh which feel free to use this anytime yeah. it's not shitty it's lo-fi <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh this song grabbed me because of the drum beat yeah it's got this kind of like interesting it's not stuttering but it's a very kind of like insistent drum beat yeah that keeps going um but it doesn't really have a groove to it okay it's kind of just like this yeah. immediate almost like a clicking sound but not this quite. also had also a lot of ugly dissonant sounds which i was into yeah um this song is this song mostly speaking of ugly she said the shit word oh no. so my mom won't let me listen to this oh song. yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is the first curse word in the record with shit it's the only curse word on oh, the record, okay. right. unless you count hell as a curse word. H-E double hockey sticks, man. Come oh, on. Shit. We're, Sorry. We have families listening to this thing. <laughs> um, um, but this song is kind of the culmination of a big complaint I have, honestly, with a lot of music. Yeah. This is the fifth song about love in a row. Oh, so this is your thing about song, love songs. It's an interesting topic. And you can you can sprinkle it throughout, but I feel like it is a very easy and kind of cheap emotion to go towards. Okay. She does at least explore different angles with yeah. it, but it's like, oh my god, I'm so tired of hearing love songs. Then you get a couple in a row that, oh, you get one one after the song that's not a love song, but it's like the vast majority of this is just songs about love, whether they broke up or they got yeah. together or unrequited. It's like I'm. I'm not trying to be cynical and say, like, oh, love, love, bleh, I don't want to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, nasty cooties, whatever. But yeah, but I totally get you. I totally after a while, it. it's kind of like, 
hey, maybe tap into another inspiration well, because mm. I'm kind of tired of hearing about Before it. Before we move to the next one, I wanted to mention that this one had a lot of strong string work. It did. This yeah. I actually wrote on this. This was the song uh, after which I wrote, like, yeah, they're nailing the string yeah, arrangements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that moves us into Impasse, the first song that I didn't really like on the record. Uh, yep, same. Yeah, it didn't it didn't work for me. Um, it I, I wrote it in here later. Okay, really worked for me. Not really. Like I thought it was about to do the thing that I wanted, which I couldn't really articulate. But um, the strings in this song are almost act as a voice or a color. Yeah. Um. I, the thing I did love about it was the ending. Not that it ended, but the ending of it. <laughs> I was, love that it ended. Yeah, not that. <laughs> one, not, not, not a traditional song, but I I liked the ending because it was interesting. But the rest of it, it didn't work for me. I um, labeled this song as the trailer song. <laughs> we are going to hear this song in a million young adult movie trailers from now on. Oh, it's yeah, not gonna, yeah. Nothing on this is going to be on the radio. Yeah. We are going to hear this song... I can almost guarantee in the next big, like, series of young adult novels that have then been turned into movies. Or Garden State 2. Or Garden State 2, <laughs> yeah. It's it's going to be right there in the trailer, and I'm, I'm already tired of hearing it, but then I had to go back and write when we started listening to the next song tonight mm-hmm. that I already forgot what Impasse sounds like. Yeah. Like, not even ten seconds later, I couldn't quote a single thing from Impasse. Which moves us to tonight. Right. That's, um, a, that's as good a segue as we're going to String heavy. Not, and then this is one of the ones that's really quiet. It's sort of a, like, I put, the first time I wrote, no how. <laughs> right? Because yeah. right? she's, it's, her, like I said, her thing is her how, which is a, like a lot of her last couple of records. But this one, she's actually, she's singing quiet. Right. Um. Arrangements are a big part of this record, and the, like I said, no, because of the string arrangements, this one I can't, I can't think of a better song to talk about when it comes to string arrangements. Um, this has some cool string arrangements, um, and it's mostly based on that. Yeah, yeah, this song is really quiet, and you're, and you're feeling like that. Um, like I'm like, how is this the folk song before the strings were? You know, right. like, like I'm like, like. Like I want to know what I would like to hear that that record honestly. Like, yeah. Just to, to contrast it to what she decided to put out instead. This this song was another uh, reason I really dislike side three. Okay. Um, Impasse and tonight are like two slow songs in a row, uh-huh. and it feels like it just grinds the album to a halt. Okay. Like these the last two songs, this one and Impasse, I was pretty bored and it's not like i dislike slow songs yeah but maybe the sequencing was wrong on these but it's like this weird just kind of middle of the album boredom like i don't know it was kind of it was just kind of boring um and then we we were able to escape it a little bit on impasse and then on tonight we hit the theme of love again (laughs) um although i did like the like last little verse or the last okay. few lines of lyric the and it's not because i don't love uh just don't have time to explain all the things uh yeah all the things you think you've come to understand about me like i don't know this argument uh that like someone might say about somebody like 
um, like, oh, you just don't love. It's like, no, it's not that. It's just you think you understand me a lot better than you actually understand yeah, yeah. me. And I always had this um, problem or with myself, like, 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 um, I don't think people know themselves as well as they think they do mm-hmm. at all. And so when someone says, I'm this and that, I'm like, are you really, though? Like, you you think you this, but 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 are you actually this? Like, so when someone says, I I, I tell it like it is, I'm like, yeah, no, you, <laughs> you're simplifying yourself to a way that's no human being is like. Right. You know, like, like we all have these sides to ourselves, but let's move on to side four. Yeah, uh, it does pick up a bit on... Summer uh, is the first song on uh, side four. Which I'm now realizing... Uh, there was the song Spring. Uh-huh. It's like, hey. Yeah, and then there's Summer. <laughs> the, yeah, Spring and Summer. Those are uh, seasons. So her howl is, howl is back in summer. Uh-huh. Um, and this is the first song when I listened to it. I was like, okay, well now this is record you sit down to and listen to. This was a good song. This is a... It's also the the most traditional song in the record. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, this... the, not the most traditional, but to me, it was a traditional song when this song... A record that has no lot of traditional song structure. Yeah. This song, uh, I felt, was a really good example of a slow song that is not boring. Okay. Um, I said, once again, it's got good-ass synths. Yeah, yeah. It sounds great. <laughs> good-ass synths, yeah. yeah. It has, uh, like, Western vibe to it. Yeah, I got that too. Which yeah, I really yeah, like. Yeah. Something about it, like, it felt very Western mm-hmm. movie. Um, and the drums did really interesting stuff like i i realize there's a drummer on it looking at the uh the players on this specific song yeah but he was only really kind of focusing on single drums or single cymbals at the same time it almost gave me like a john carpenter vibe yeah i got that too, where it's yeah. like it he could be doing something bigger playing a more traditional beat but he's really just kind of sitting there hitting the hi-hats and maybe the bass drum yeah and that's it there's like very little snare very little other symbols until he switched to snare and then he's doing the same thing on the snare just kind of these very steady rolls almost yeah and uh, i liked how quite a bit um it's not my favorite song of the record but uh it does go with the theme it does break up the monotony of the impasse and um and uh and uh, tonight which were probably the we get my least favorite songs on the record. Uh, side three, I think, is the weakest overall. Um, although, then we get to end game, which the first thing I wrote was, this feels like a side three song. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, if we took... I, there was a line here that says, I needed more, and I, wrote, I quoted that and go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we could take what it is and put it in the spot of end game, uh-huh. we could put all the slow songs, on, slow, boring songs on one side. Yeah. And then have a way to skip them. Yeah, yeah. By just not <laughs> listening to side three. Um, um, but uh, the thing where I think the end game picked up was actually in the second verse. Okay. Is to me where it actually started got interesting musically. It de- it definitely got a little more interesting than Impasse and Tonight, but I still kind of found myself like, oh, this song's five minutes long because yeah, like, it feels like it's ten minutes. <laughs> um, the, what, did you hear brass in this song? Uh. Maybe I wasn't really paying attention to it, but there's... I thought I heard some brass at the end. I was like, "Okay, this is." There, I mean, there's brass on most of these okay. songs. Like, okay. I know they, uh, there's a lot of like strings, but if you look at the credits on a yeah, lot of yeah. these, there's also brass in there. But yeah, 
you don't really hear much of it. It might just be little colors in the background. Yeah. Um, this song also does, this is a very personal, not even very personal. It is a very specific to me complaint. Uh-huh. I hate when songs reference singing and songs. Oh, especially songs about, no, like songs about songwriting suck. Almost all songs song. about songwriting suck. Songs that say like to quote Blink One Eighty Two. I think it's Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, I I sing this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you mention that this song is a song, it like ruins the immersion. Some yeah. I don't know. There's something about it. It's like when you say you're singing a song, I hate it. I immediately hate it. This I, song yeah. had a line about singing I, and I, songs. I, I, I was personally like, think Ugh. like like uh, yeah like like um I I don't. Like it, I almost want every song to stand out and start out as a poem, and then you're like, "This could be a song." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost. But I to say that the all songs like that aren't good, uh, not true. But honestly, I wish I could come up with a version like that I do right now. <laughs> uh, honestly, what it sounds like to me when someone's saying they're singing something within a song, it sounds like when someone's writing an essay and they write. In this essay, I will discuss. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like that in song form, and it's like I don't like reading that in an essay. I don't like yeah. reading that in an article. I don't like hearing it in a song. Okay, but again, that's very specific to me, so I can't knock the record for it. So then we come to the final song of the record, "Change." Chance. Whoops. <laughs> Chance. Uh, howling big time in the song. Lots of uh, very loud, uh, very loud um, voices. Um, and it, this also starts out a lot like um, look, a lot like spring, where it comes to soft piano, yeah, uh, strings that sound like they're far away, that sort of thing. Um, in a seventies feel, but seventies, I got fifties. Uh, yeah, over fifties slash seventies, because later early in the movie, earlier in the, not the movie, the <laughs> song, later in the song, you get that fifties vibe to it, and it's hard to explain. It's the kind of like it's kind of like the Frankie Valley or the uh, or Earth Angel sort of sound. Yeah, to it's it. that yeah. kind of you're playing the arpeggiated yeah. chords and you're kind of this like yeah yeah it's that vibe. But then they kind of they fuck with it. A bit. They pervert it a little yeah, bit yeah. if that makes sense. And I I actually like change a chant change. Chance a lot. A chance, lot. Yeah. I like Chance a lot. Uh, I liked this song quite a bit, uh, and I think it did something really interesting. Mm-hmm. And maybe it doesn't actually fit in and how my brain's thinking about it, but based on what you told me, yeah, this song starts out with the first verse as kind of that like sad girl song. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. It feels sad and melancholic, and then it kind of breaks into this new like hopeful message yeah. when you get to these like chorusy parts. Yeah. Chorusy because it's again not traditional, yeah, non traditional <laughs> song structure, but it changes to a more uh, hopeful tone to it, which I thought was really interesting. Like almost, I don't know if it was necessarily like pulling the rug out from under you or doing this. Like I'm not doing this sad girl thing yeah. anymore. I'm doing this, yeah. and this definitely feels like a a statement of that. Like I'm changing. If it was called change, it would be better. Yeah. But chance works as well. But it um, it definitely feels like this is my shift. This is my yeah. change. So what did so um, now that we went through song by song? I've um, got sorry. I've got one last thing yeah, to say yeah, sure. about this song. Um, there's a line about oh, why didn't I write down the line? 
Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, says something really interesting about... It reminds me of some articles or some theories that I read about, like, how people present themselves. Yeah. And how a lot of people are kind of playing, like, a role. Uh-huh. Like, you see life as a, as a stage. And she says, um, I'm walking through the scenes. I'm saying all the lines. Uh, which immediately made me think of whoever it was that I read. Uh, but it was just kind of a interesting thing of this, like, just how she presents herself or how people present themselves as kind of playing this role and maybe not necessarily uh, what they're actually like, just kind of what they want people to think they're mm-hmm. like. So when it comes to presenting Angel Olsen as an artist... Um, by the way, I was really surprised by this record because it sounds nothing like her last stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, to me, it's a, you know it's a completely different record than My Woman or or Burn Now for Witness. Um, uh, like I guess said to me, it sounds nothing like a pop record, and that was one of the strongest things about this record. Yeah. Um, it's it's a weird fucking record. It is pretty weird, uh, but not like last week's or last episodes. Uh, with Bon Iver, where it was, like, really weird and yeah. out there. Yeah. Like, it was it was definitely strange, but I would say 100% worth a listen. Oh, yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. worth checking out if you like singer-songwriters, if you like... I, I thought the vocals were great, if you like string instrumentation. Yeah. I think that's cool. Um, but would you visit it again? I might. I think I might check out her other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This might even be one of those things, like, that I'll text somebody who like stuff very similar is like hey have you heard of yeah. angel olsen yeah. maybe maybe you'd like this uh it's um it's definitely a heavy listen i feel like once a day is probably good for this one um uh, that's a lot i would it, say this this is a really good album i kept it might have been because i read an article about seasonal depression that my friend wrote yeah while i was peeing between <laughs> disc changes and this is it feels like a very good seasonal depression album like yeah. do you want to wallow in uh, how you feel when it's overcast out? Maybe listen to this album. Yeah, because like sometimes it, it's cathartic to wallow. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, like um, like a lot of times it's more comfortable being in that place than the place <laughs> right. we had to work for it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you said it doesn't sound really no, too much like her other albums. No, and I, I think I'd. This is probably. Uh, oh man, I guess I'd say that this is my. Second favorite of the three records I've heard by her. Cool. Well, this actually is a decent segue into... We're going to try a scoring system. Okay. Um, it's kind of a sliding scale based on... Which you... How many albums a particular artist has. Yeah. So you said she has four albums. Yeah. Uh, I know three of them. We'll say it's four. Okay. Just to make it easy. Yeah. And the ranking will be one through four. Uh-huh. And you just rate it as where it sits kind of in the this ranking. This sits number two with one being the best. Uh, right, so it'd be a it'd two be, out of four. So yeah, it'd be My my Woman, which is still great. Um, and I, this would be number one if it wasn't so fucking draining. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, like I can listen to My my Woman quite a bit and not feel drained. This is a heavy record, but not in that sense that it's like, like you know, Devil Horns, more like fucking, like it's, it, it's uh you put on a, it's like putting on a suit jacket full of rock, rocks. You're right. Yeah, yeah, it's heavy. It's it's. It is. Um, and it's it's loud. It's cacophonous, and so that 
if it weren't for that, which really that's the whole reason the record exists, right? Uh-huh. Um, it would be number one. But this is a this is a great record in my opinion. I really fucking glad I bought this, and I'll be visiting it quite often, especially when I'm feeling like shit. Feeling like wallowing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, this being an only Angel Olsen record, I'm sure you're a bit interested. Peaked a little bit. Oh, for sure. I'm yeah. gonna I'm definitely gonna check out her other stuff, and I'll be recommending this to people for sure all right glad i listened it wasn't uh nearly as challenging as yeah yeah uh, i know that's why i sound like fuck like i oh. should have said that <laughs> but it also but yeah i'm glad it wasn't that challenging for you i'm glad that you well i say challenging is sort of like i guess i'd say something you don't normally listen to and it's not it's yeah. definitely not something it's i normally a, listen to but i'm glad i did that's why we do the podcast exactly yeah yeah it's about so, hearing but now moving on to things that you haven't heard yeah uh, or at least too much of King Gizzard and the Lizard. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard yeah. uh, infest the rat's nest. Okay. Which man, I don't even know if I could count how many albums they've done because uh, they just keep releasing them. So are they of different quality? These uh, different albums? Uh, not really. Okay. I feel like maybe of their. Sorry, I need to look up how many albums they've done of their. Of their slow internet. Yeah. Are you connected to my fiber? I am. Oh, no. Um, of their 15 albums. <laughs> How long have they been around? Uh, they have been around not very long. Since 2010. What? So they've done 15 albums in nine years. How the fuck do you keep up with their music? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. you just listen to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was hard in 2000. 18. Oh, when they did five records. When they did five records in a year. Uh, But I think they only have two albums that I don't really like. Okay. But they've done a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, So if you had to uh, consider them a genre, are they in the psych rock world of this? I think it's easy to put them in psych rock, but they do a really good job of taking inspiration from a lot of things and doing a really good job in their own style of copying it or interpreting it like they've done they've done kind of garage rock psychedelic rock yeah, that's sure. kind of their that's like base level king gizzard if, okay. if they don't have a concept for like what genre they're going to do on an album are they are uh, us uh, are no they... they're from australia okay makes sense uh, well, a lot of good psychedelic rock in australia i think team paul yeah sort of i think i think australia is kind of the the center for psych rock right okay. now okay uh, like their second album was one called Eyes Like the Sky, uh-huh. which I think the keyboard and harmonica player's dad is a famous like country singer okay, in so Australia. You probably heard it then. You yeah. hear the song. Well, the music. he wrote a uh, a western story. Okay. And they made the music, and it's like it's an audio book with a soundtrack. Interesting. The dad is reading it, and they're playing this western soundtracks speaking of australian westerns sorry uh, <laughs> that was my dog's tail in the table um speaking of australian westerns have you heard of a movie called the proposition uh no i don't think so okay you oh, mean wait. the proposal with sandra bullock and ryan reynolds no <laughs> uh, i'm talking about the proposition uh, it's got a uh, nick cave does a soundtrack for it i'd recommend checking it out i might look into that speaking of scary music nick cave okay <laughs> um but uh yeah so um is it one guy or is it like a 
one guy with the multiple cast characters, or is this band pretty much... No, it is seven members all working together collaboratively. Nice, nice. And I think it's you two, guitar, two guitar players, bass player, harmonica, synth player, two drummers. Yeah. How many people? That might be six. Because last week, uh, we did um, we did K.O.Dot, which is Toby Driver and um, Justin... Jason. Jason, Jason Byron. Jason Byron. Two guys, basically. Right. Um... And then I did Bonover, which is just Justin Vernon, really, in my opinion. Right. And then we did Angel Olsen, which the name itself represents one character, even though Ben Babbitt did help with a lot of the arrangements and stuff on yeah. this. And you saw the lyrics by and the music by. Because I can't imagine me being a musician myself, knowing how to fucking arrange a bunch of this stuff. God, no. But, but, but you said King Gizzard, seven guys just doing their shit together. Exactly. And that's, that's great. I love that. Yeah. They, I mean, they also do just some really cool concepts with their albums. So mm-hmm. they had Eyes Like the Sky, which yeah. I mentioned, which... Western Story Audiobook. A lot of people have dubbed, like, a post-audiobook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it. They've done Float Along and Fill Your Lungs, which I would say is their most, like, psychedelic psych- psychedelic. Okay. Like, it's got, like, sitar and extended jams, all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, they have one called Quarters, okay. which, again, is kind of dipping into the psych rock, mm-hmm. but it's... Four songs, all that are exactly ten minutes and ten seconds long. That seems like like hard to do. They pull it off. Like uh, they do these things that you're like, that's probably hard to do, and it, or it sounds like shit, and then it just sounds cool. Yeah. They did paper mache dream balloon, which okay. they're like, we're gonna do all just acoustic instruments. Okay. And you think you're gonna get this kind of like a uh, simple folky album, but they have songs in there that like rock, and yeah. you're like, they're playing acoustic instruments with flute. Why oh, does yeah, this song yeah, rock yeah, so yeah. hard? Yeah. They have probably their big one that if I were to say, hey, check out King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, uh-huh. listen to this one. It's called Nonagon Infinity. Nonagon Infinity. It's nine songs. Okay. And the whole point is it is an infinite loop. So every song leads into the next, including the last song and the first song. And it's... they've got little bits of like this little theme that plays. These... So you could put it on repeat and it'd just be seamless. Exactly. Okay. And it is. I've done it. Okay. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> And it, so it's like these seamless transitions, but then they also like quote these little themes throughout the album. Um, and then they they do, I don't know how familiar you are with like microtonal music. So a lot of Western music is based on whole steps and half steps. Uh-huh. So you got a guitar, each fret is yeah. going up half a step. Yeah. Pianos are the same way. All yeah. the white, between the white keys is a whole step. Between yeah. a white and a black key is a half step. Yeah. There's sounds between those. Fuck. So they're tuned to those. So a lot of like Eastern music, like uh, like Indian music specifically, uh-huh. like stuff like sitar is, uh, is microtonal. And so they went that way with one of their records? So they made a microtonal album mm-hmm. where they like took the frets on their guitars and moved them to different spots and Shit. did this stuff. The problem you run into with a lot of microtonal music is they want to go microtonal, they want to go atonal, and they want to go as avant-garde as possible, yeah. which... As much as I like those three things, yeah, having them together translates to as unlistenable as possible. <laughs> so it's all really challenging stuff, really annoying, and I think they made the perfect introduction to microtonal music. Okay, it's just really cool psych rock. Yeah, like it. If you didn't know that you were listening to something microtonal, you'd think it just sounds mm-hmm. like a regular album. But right. you're listening to this just weird microtonal music and it's okay. awesome uh then they get back to on the album murder of the universe their 
post audiobook okay. stuff. It's all spoken word stuff with yeah. some singing. Yeah. Um, but about it's like split up in three chapters. It, it's a pretty interesting story. Um, they do a jazz album. They do a prog rock album. Uh, and then the fifth out those uh, between microtonal flying banana and this last one, uh, gumboot soup, uh-huh. which I think is B sides from yeah. all the five out four albums they yeah, recorded yeah. beforehand. Sure. That's five albums in 2017. Yeah. And then nothing in 2018, actually. And it's then they're right. back to two yeah, this year. Yeah, they did Fishing for Fishies, uh-huh. which is kind of fun, light. They The whole thing is kind of based around like how Boogie is going to save the world, like the <laughs> genre of boogie music. Yeah. And then they come in with Infest the Rat's Nest, which we're talking about, which they're like, we're going to make a metal album. Oh, okay. And it's awesome. Okay. <laughs> it's really cool. It's a concept album. They like to do their concept albums. Uh, about climate change and kind of the future of the planet, and it just, it's really cool, really heavy, and it's another th- album style genre that they just seamlessly go into. There's this random psych rock band from Australia making probably the best metal album release this year. Oh yeah. And they go into, they've got, like, thrash metal, they've got doom metal, they've got some, like, motorhead-sounding segments on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it all works super well. Um, the cover's <laughs> the cover's really cool. Uh, one thing I'll point out, they, they have their little, they like to quote themselves a sure. lot. Sure, okay. Um, which is really cool. They do this weird like echoey guitar sound Mm -hmm. i'll I'll point out we're listening to it um that they it shows up i think on every album in different contexts and it always sounds super fucking cool yeah um there's parts on like paper mache dream balloon uh where uh there's like a flute section right that flute section shows up on polygon to wanna land later as a guitar section in a song uh, Nonagon Infinity has a bunch of different things that show up, or the phrase Nonagon Infinity uh-huh. shows up on Murder of the Universe. Like they've built this whole like weird mythos by just planting little nuggets. I'm sure the people stuff. like you are like, what does this mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there yeah, is yeah. there's a whole like Gizverse. Yeah, <laughs> it's like stuff that's related because they do a lot of concept albums yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but I really like this one. I think following just the heavy crushing atmosphere of all mirrors might... this album's fun oh this might lift this up huh it's fun uh it might it'll lighten stuff up sure it's about uh everyone on the planet dying horribly <laughs> yeah. but it's fun okay and i think you'll like it i'm really interested in hearing it cool well, so we'll... Sh- should we get into it i think so all right let's put it on all right uh like you said spotify record store if it's there yeah. And, and um and well if you don't care about that, we'll see you in about ten seconds. So we just got done with the Festivus by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Right. Um I'm gonna say this right off the bat. Um this sounds like Metallica worship or early Metallica worship. I think there is a lot of metal worship or in here. Early I feel 80s like metal thrash worship. Right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like each song kind of can represent a different band. Like, they're taking something from this. They're taking something from this. I heard a lot of Metallica made that. Yeah. So, the, the solos maybe aren't as uh, technical as 
Megadeth. But, but they definitely showboated their musicianship through every song in this record. They killed it. Like, dude, uh, I, as a as a person who loves early thrash metal, yeah, like listening to this album is just like. How is some psych rock band from Australia doing better classic thrash no, albums? And I was getting at that. Like, the themes <laughs> in this, like, like for just and all, for all and all that shit, this actually has a cohesive theme. Yeah. As opposed to the ones where it's just, this is what the future may look like. No, this is what the future does look like. Yeah. Um, it doesn't paint a flattering picture of uh, the future. So what I wrote, cynical but perfect. But yeah. sad because this is the old '80s thrash metal records. What they were saying is more relevant now than when it happened. Oh yeah, no, it's they. Uh, it's a very strong like climate change and protecting the climate uh, thing like that. Right? Yeah, like and, there is still something we can do. But this is this album is the representation of like if we just continue to fuck around and do nothing with it. Yeah, and so while the last record, Angel Olsen. Focused on the uh, apocalypse of your innards. Mm-hmm. This focused the apocalypse we're experiencing outwardly. Um, so we'll, we'll start with your plan Your outer apocalypse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about plan B. Uh, the first thing I thought was early Metallica. Early Metallica. Because the voices... Like, the one thing about Metallica that never changed is how badass James Hetfield's voice was. He's got a good voice. Yeah. 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 You know, so it never sounded like, like, like 80s metal where he came to like that shit. His voice always stayed pretty cool. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. And he never really, on this album and speaking of Metallica, they never go like, they never do any like screaming or shrieking or guttural stuff. It's all just kind of like, we're going to slightly gruff up our voices so i said thrashy showboat that's what i said yeah um i like that i'm not i'm not that's not a slag at all i love their like oh by the way look how badass a guitar we are yeah this album has just very strong riffage oh throughout which Dude, chugging i feel like a, throughout i feel like a lot of metal has as of recently just kind of forgot like hey like maybe we should just do like a kick-ass riff like the sword used to do it really well. Mastodon used to do it really well. Metallic, like all those bands, like what made them popular is they have these very catchy, like hooky metal riffs yeah. that they've kind of forgot about, and they're like, "Well, if I just play anything with distortion on it, it'll be fine." But well, this is such a contrast to what was too earlier. So, uh, so the first this was the first single release from the okay album. and there's a, a video release with the two right there was there's been three videos but this one specifically was released before uh fishing for fishies came out oh shit so i didn't listen to this song because i thought it was going to come out on fishing for oh fishies. you wanted to sort of like save it for yourself i was going to save it for not infest the rat's nest for fishing for fishies because okay. i didn't know they were doing a second album yeah so I didn't listen to it. I listened to Fishing for Fishies. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Kind yeah. of just fun little, like, boogie, but, like, soft music kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I was actually leaving uh, a roller derby game okay. that your wife had played in. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, shit, I didn't hear this Planet B song. That's not on Fishing for Fishies. Well, yeah. I'll just put it on real quick. And this fucking song just tore it up. Dude, I texted every person I know 
who listens to King Gizzard, like, did you listen to the single? Did you listen to Planet B? It's not on Fishing for Fishies. Yeah. Just listen to this thing. I was so blown away. I just, I listened to this nonstop for, like, a week. Just, like, it was too, like... It was so, so good. And I didn't really get to, like, halfway the song, Planet B, Planet B, like, the, like, yeah. the, like, the sort of, the sort of, um, dig, not got dichotomy, sorry, but the double meaning, you know? Yeah. Like, and it's a great song. It's a great way... The first two songs were a great way to sum up the uh, thesis of this record. Like, what, like, we talked last week about world building. Yeah. (laughs) This has a lot of world building. It does. It's also, it's a concept album. I'm just going to keep bringing concept albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wrote theme big right here. Yeah. (laughs) It says theme. Uh, This is, like you said, about climate change. I didn't know how overt it would be. Is very fucking fair. Oh, yeah. I mean, There's No Planet B is when you see climate protests, like, there's half the posters and the signs say there is no planet B. There's a song by No Fix called Generation Z uh-huh. which says that it's a shame there's no baby planet Earth where we just start anew. And this is what this made me think of. You know? Oh yeah. Like 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 there is no other Earth. We should fucking preserve the one we're on. Yeah. Know? Um and, which comes up on the next song. Um Mars from the Rich, right? Right, which we'll get to. Okay. Um, I really liked this song has really strong like metal riffage. Oh yeah, and, uh, but like, then all the solos are just psych rock solos. Oh yeah, you're right. You, you're <laughs> fucking right, dude. Like, like, listen, like, like, sorry, you totally. I'm listening. <laughs> you, you totally unraveled that for me. So like, <laughs> so we were listening to this song that I'm like, this is old Metallica. This is good Metallica, right? And then they come with these solos that are not they're they're on time, but they. But they linger. Yeah, they're weird. Yeah, they're weird. They're, they're weird different. for a metal solo. Yeah, and it's not Kirk Hammett, you know? It's, right. It's fucking Stu. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. I really, really enjoyed this whole feeling of this record. Because Raptor was Angel Olsen and that Stu jacket full of rocks that hell felt. <laughs> right. This was just chugging off. Yeah, it's fun, even though, like, it's got dark oh, it's lyrics. so like, nihilistic got, and cynical. Yeah, we've got Berry Children, Low on Meals, Browning Fields. And yeah. it's just like, I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> that is what's happening. But then at the same time, I'm sitting there driving in the car singing, Shoot the dingo while the <laughs> shit goes out the window. And it's like... The lyrics are so like they're dark. Oh, these and they're very, depressing. Yeah, but they're so like they're great. Like yeah, they're, yeah. the lyrics are so and good. And they're straightforward. There's nothing oblique about them. You know what I mean? No, they're not. They're not hiding behind layers of metaphor or anything like that. It's like, no, we want you to know yeah. what we're saying, yeah. and we're saying be better. So, these first three songs are incredibly fast. Yeah. So, uh, Going to Mars for Rich, I just wrote down the line, I'm just a poor boy, which you cannot think about when you think about Queen. Right. But this is kind of a better song, almost. <laughs> like, like, I, I'll i I'll say it on the record. I'm not the biggest. I don't like Queen. So think, I, I've got some fantastic inside jokes about Queen songs. Um, I, I sing uh, Can't Stop Me Now constantly. Yeah. That might be the only one I like, and that's probably more so the memories than it actually being a good song. Um, but well, yeah, this is a, this is a better song. When I went to the Less Festival, I won two posters from Alan Drafthouse, or one of the sponsors. I won a John Wick three poster and then a Bohemian Rhapsody poster, which I didn't know was one. Tug home, so I immediately threw it away. Yeah. I am not the biggest fan of Bohemian Rhapsody. 
I think there's more to Queen than this. But also, I didn't grow up thinking Queen were fucking amazing. Nope. I I'm a I grew up on punk rock. Same. So I've always thought like, I mean, this might have also been in my punk rock phase, but that uh, just because they're legends doesn't mean they're good. Right. Yeah. But they probably did great things. But oh, I'm they're, sure. They're before my time, and music got better afterwards. Oh, right, right. Tell I like Freddie Mercury, though. Yeah, who doesn't like Freddie Mercury? He's right. awesome. But 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 uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, okay movie. I didn't even bother watching. I heard the oh, editing. Yeah. I heard the editing was awful. And there I don't care is some weird shit when it, it comes to like like sort of demonizing his homosexual side. Hey, this isn't movies that suck. That some. Oh, do. sorry, <laughs> sorry. Okay, so so uh, this song opens with, and you wouldn't ex- you wouldn't expect it as someone who's delved into the deep cuts of Motorhead. Yeah, the intro of this song sounds like a Motorhead song, right? Like, you you think Ace of Spades think this kind of, like, distorted bass sound, but they all their songs have this almost, like, bluesy metal sound for Motorhead, which I feel like this song opens with a Motorhead song. Like, I was listening to it, like, this is fucking Motorhead. But also, it's a chugger, man. Like, it's one yeah. of those chuggers. Like, like, there's a lot of chuggers on this record, but this one made me think chugger big time. It doesn't have the best chug. The best chug is on the next track. You're right. But, You're right. Um, uh, incredible instrumental break in this song. Oh, it's got a bass solo. Yeah. When was the last time you yeah. heard a bass solo? You don't hear it ever. You don't hear bass solos. You hear uh, guitar players wanting to, you know, shake their dick out and show how good they are. But you don't get to hear the bass solo that often. The only time I heard a bass solo as good as this recently, and it was recorded long before this, was a uh, Maxwell Murray bass solo for Rancid on Out Come the Wolves. Man, I haven't listened to Rancid in so oh, long. Okay. Why are you making me think of Rancid? Okay, listen. listen. Look, self-titled. So Rancid has two good records. Yeah, right? Out Comes the Wolf and Self-Titled. You are so right, but we're still talking about that, too. If you see Rancid 2000, I'm going to give you a fist bump. That's self-titled, right? From 2000? Yeah, yeah, the one with like the black cover and the skull. Yes, right? yes, yeah. dude. Woo! Yeah. All right, so Rancid has two good it's records. Because it's got Goat Sick Girl. <laughs> it's got it's got um Dead Bodies. Yep. It's got Let It Go. Yep. It's got Young Al Capone. Axiom? Yeah, Axiom's in it. John Brown. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so Rancid has two good records. Two really good ones. Outcome the Wolves, which is the poppiest record, and then Rancid 2000. And then they did some other bullshit that doesn't matter. A lot of bullshit. A lot of, bu- a lot of bullshit. Wait, is it Outcome the Wolves? I might be thinking of Let's Go. I think I like Let's Go more than Outcome of the Wolves. The, the Let's Go is a basically a reggae record. Yeah? Okay. Maybe? That might be right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so... Mars from the Rich, Mars from the Rich, like, this is when they, the first two songs are when they sort of, um, build the world. Right. And Oregon Farmer is when they start sort of, they focus around this group of people. Yeah, something's happening in the world. But also, I think Mars for the Rich makes a really important commentary of just kind of what keeps, what's happening now. Yeah, yeah. Of, People are so excited. We're gonna colonize Mars. We're gonna we're gonna find other planets. Like, who do you think is moving to those planets when Earth? Dies? Not you and I. Yeah, like you do not have enough money to get to that planet. You will never have enough money to get to that planet. Mars is for the rich. And let me think of Elysium. Have you seen Elysium? Uh, no. Quick. I heard quick, it was really quick bad. Backstory. Not bad, by the way. Um, but uh, no. Let's go is the rancid album I like. Okay. But you got your S2000 as well, which is the hardcore punk record. That yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, Elysium, sort of like uh, all these poor people live on the surface of the earth, 
and they want to go to the moon. Okay. This is sort of reminds me of that a little bit because of basically these poor people stay where it's shitty, and these rich people are going to these nice places. Doesn't that happen in Blade Runner as well? Yeah, it does. Right? Maybe back, maybe backstory, but it's like the people on Earth are the poor people who couldn't make it up to the moon, and the replicants are basically slaves and servants up on the moon for the rich people. Can we talk about how great Blade Runner is? Um, I mean, maybe you can. Okay, so the... I think Blade Runner is incredibly overrated. What about uh, the second one? Did you see the second one? I didn't one? see the second one yet. Dude, but shh, I, will, I will. Until you see the second one. I'm not going to shush. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the second one got made because the first one was quote-unquote so good. I think it, it is a really bizarre movie that doesn't quite get what it needs to do. And the best version is the director's cut, which ruins all the ambiguity of the movie and oh you think that that the answers given are like, the answer is given and it makes the movie less interesting and then they spend a lot of time going like isn't cyberpunk cool and then they like show like look how his computer works and you're it's like two minutes of him investigating a room with like enhancing and zooming in on a okay. picture of a room and it's when like, you get the chance to let see the blade trying to my dennis villain you the guy who's gonna do dune I wish he would do because he did Arrival and I loved Arrival. Arrival was amazing, yeah, right? Um, I wish that he'd um, stick with more original stuff because Arrival was amazing. But I, I also like Dennis Villeneuve, but he also made Enemies, which is kind of shitty. I didn't see that one, uh, but I heard like I'm excited for Dune and I'll see Dune and one day I'll finish reading that book. Um, I one day we'll have to do a movie podcast. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I can't move in on your. Your movie podcast thing. That's We're true. doing music. So, okay, so, Organ Farmer. Organ Farmer. This so, song, I think, has an in, an insanely unique song structure where it's like it almost gets like faster. Is it starts off with this, um, like drums and then like a weird little guitar solo thing and then a chuggy riff. Yeah. You get a chuggy riff and then it does this little, uh, like refrain or bridge thing and then it's like. Okay, now we're gonna double the speed. Yeah, and it's gonna be faster. So, so when I said, uh, what I said is, gotta have a cannibals song, cannibalism song, our apocalypse. Like, oh yeah, like this whole record, this one that starts talking about this is what shit's gonna happen. You know, yeah. organ farmer, right? Um, I said, playing God, how dare we? But we can't, so why not? You know, yeah. like, like that's how it ends. But this song also is like, hey man, look how great we are, instruments, and not in a bad way. Oh yeah, yeah. They're like, like, hey, I'm gonna show you how fucking awesome I am in guitar, and I was totally into it. Well, this song. So after it, it's you got the first chorus, mm-hmm. chug riff, yeah, refrain, second or second verse, faster chug riff, mm-hmm. refrain, and then you get the best, maybe the best riff on the album, but at least the best chug riff on the yeah. album, where they sit this like, and they just lock into it. And they do this really interesting thing where, like, the vocal pattern for the lyrics changes. And it keeps it really interesting where it's, like, he'll lock in on the, like, the strong beats. Mm -hmm. And he'll lock in on the off beats. And then he'll... It doesn't get, like, fully off beat, but it's like, now I'm going to sing in triplets. And do this stuff where he keeps, like, adding words and taking words away. And it fits in such a unique way that, like, you can't really get a grasp on it except for this just kick-ass chug riff listeners if you haven't listened to this record yet fucking pause it because because honestly i 
I <laughs> I fucking love most of the songs in this record. <laughs> um, it it was it was fun, especially after listening to Angel Olsen record. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was different, and uh, you and I, we both still love guitar rock. Oh yeah. And so this is a perfect record to listen to, um, if you love guitar rock. And if we're getting the next song, it's Superbug. Superbug, which is basically the song like you lit lit up before the record. Now the time, now's the time to smoke another bowl because this record, that song, is a breather. But it chugs so hard. This is the stoner rock song. Yeah. It's, yeah. They touch on different genres of metal throughout this. And this is the one where they stuck. They go into the stoner metal one. Uh, it gives me really strong uh, sleep vibes. The song specifically like Dragonaut. Yeah. It's the opening song off mm-hmm. Holy Mountain. Okay. Which is like you listen to the song. It's like, wait a minute. Is this Dragonaut? And it sounds a lot like Dragonaut. If you haven't listened to Dragonaut, definitely listen to Dragonaut. So this... um. Had a really interesting time signature, especially in the verse. Well, they like to do a lot of, like, I think it's 7-8 or 7-4 is, like, I feel like they just naturally kind of live in that time signature. Yeah. And they just they just have weird time but, signatures. Yeah, he just changes it up. They change it up in this verse because you're expecting to keep nodding your head, and then it sort of starts over. You yeah. know what I mean? And I was really into that. I was, um, And the lyrics to Superbug about basically resisting, like, strains that are resisting antibiotics right well yeah it's about a just a killer unstoppable yeah. disease that's kind of running through the people who are left yeah. on earth just killing everybody and what i wrote is impossible apocalypse but not impossible scary but fun right. <laughs> like, like um like you hear all the time about drug like strains of certain diseases where it be uh staff or one of them oh yeah being drugs that bed uh bacteria or viruses they're resistant to treatment yeah you know and so like this one's it's you think about it's kind of scary there can be one bug in the planet right now we have no clue about that could fuck us all up yeah you know and there's like you said there's no plan b no plan b where you go to to fix that like you think about the 1500s and um the bubonic plague we had treatment for that but imagine if there's a bubonic plague that was um immune to treatment yeah, exactly. And so, that was something that I think is is um talked about in a lot of '80s thrash records, but it's not the '80s anymore. It's the no. 2010s, and they do it better. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's we're kind of getting to the point as far as climate change goes, and a weird anti-vax movement that has now started to come up again. <laughs> yeah, what's going on with that, man? I don't know. We're just like now it is. It's relevant, it's topical, it's poignant. Like, this shit needs to be talked about, and yeah. it needs to be listened to, and something needs to happen with it. Right. Yeah. But, this song is simultaneously one of my favorites and my least favorite songs on so this album. So what's it least your least favorite? Well, similar to Angel Olsen. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's the longest song on the album. Uh-huh. Um, but it might be a little long. I, get that. I feel like it gets a little repetitive mm-hmm. with as much as... Like the so- the earlier songs were faster, yeah, a lot of changes, and mm-hmm. if there wasn't a lot of changing, the songs were short, uh-huh. and it's like that with the rest of the album. Um, and I realize that this is kind of part of the stoner metal, stoner yeah. rock genre, but there might just not be enough 
changes and not not enough interesting things happening throughout the whole song where it's like i feel like the song could probably be another minute or two short okay um but it does it does feel like a breather i guess and maybe it would drop the song uh or the whole total album length to being too short mm-hmm. if they did something if they cut some of the length off of it but I I find myself just kind of being like, okay, let's so let's get were, let's get to Venusian one. Now. You were in like, a band growing up, right? Yeah. So there were some songs that you guys wrote together with your band that you're like, I need this part in the song, right? Yeah. Like, like and there are some songs that I have right now as a, a pseudo folk singer, right? That I'm like, I would never ever cut this part. This part belongs in it. It sounds right in my head. Now, I'm wondering if there's any of that in, um... <laughs> Superbug? Yeah, Superbug. There, I mean, there might be, but it, I feel like the song is only two parts. Yeah. The song is the really good riff, which, honestly, this song has a great riff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lots of riffage on this record. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, but this song has, I feel like the song has two parts. It has a really good riff, and then it has the chug riff. Okay. And they just kind of trade back and forth for seven or eight minutes, and it's like... All and they have a little instrumental break where they kind of, but they even in the instrumental break they still just kind of riff on the good riff. Okay. Gotcha. And I'm kind of just like I'm. It's a good riff, but I'm tired of hearing it. Like, so the, so the first three songs in this record, they build a world, and then we get into the story of the yeah. new scene run one and two. Right. Um. So I love the story. Like after hearing this, like they change it up a bit and they get deeper into the story. Yeah, we're on Venusian one now, yeah. which is. As far as I can gather back from the lyrics... Back to the fast, by the way. They go back to straight, straight up. Oh, right back into it. They never hit the super bug slow again. No, no, they just go straight back into fucking, I'm going to butter you with these fast riffs. Right, which I love stoner metal and stoner rock. Um, like the slower, just yeah. hot, cool riff stuff, but it might not work too well on this yeah. album. Um, Venusian 1 is, as far as I can gather, the... Poor people building their own rocket yeah, and flying be, to Venus. And they're gonna be like, "We're gonna find the shit that you rich people didn't find." Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself by saying this, but I was thinking Moto Psycho the whole time. Like, like, like I don't even remember Moto Psycho and Megadeth. Like, sort of comeback like record. I don't think so. They had a song called Moto Psycho, which I'm not a motorcycle guy. Uh-huh. I'm guessing you aren't either. No, I'm barely a car guy. I own a car and that's about <laughs> as car guy That's what I meant too. I got a Chevy Cruze, man. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was thinking Megadeth thrift in this. Um, yeah. But that's not a bad I thing. I will say Rust in, Rust in Peace, uh, the Megadeth album might be one of the best albums. Might be just one of the best Metal albums, but also one of the best albums just ever recorded. It's a fucking you, man, great. Did you ever read? Did you ever watch some kind of monster? Yeah, and they had those therapy scenes where fucking Dave Mustaine shows up and talks about how upset he was to be kicked out of Metallica. I mean, I'd be mad. Yeah, I mean, they were kind of shitty to him, but yeah. some kind of monster is that movie. It's like God, this movie's three hours long. But Metallica, like, the people in Metallica are so weird. Like, yeah, it's uh, worth watching. So I don't Lars think it's a- Ulrich is the biggest, like, nutsack on the planet. Like, he's he's the most pretentious person who does the least amount of artistic... And I'm like, it, the, like aren't you, aren't nothing you a, of artistic value. I'm like, aren't you a tennis player? <laughs> like, but, um, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Venusian, Venusian one. Yeah, we. I mean, we could just talk about metal bands all day. Uh, yeah. This song, I think, has the first instance of, like, double bass pedals. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. And they nail it. Mm-hmm. Which 
in the mythos of the band, one of the bass players had his bass pedal uh, confiscated. Oh, no. Because <laughs> he couldn't be trusted with it. So there's a whole album where... Because they have two drummers. Yeah, yeah. And one of the drummers just did not have a bass pedal the whole time. And now I think both of them have two bass pedals. Good for them. Right? It's like, all right, they quadrupled their amount of bass pedals in the band. Um, So, Venetian Run, when I was singing, I'm thinking Amazing Instrumentation. Yeah. And I'm thinking... I'm glad that like this the story within the stories revealing itself. I'm really into that. Yeah, so poor people build their own pretty much shitty spaceship. Yeah, and fly to a different planet since we've got Mars for the rich. Now they fly to Venus, which uh, turns out is an awful place to go. Yeah, because because it's dangerous as fuck. Don't yeah, you eyes. can't you can't breathe the air. You can't look at the sun. It's yeah. like you walk around not breathing with your eyes closed. Like don't leave don't leave the ship. Um, they, I don't know. They, they have lots of cool stuff on this. They have the line that uh, the journey is like childbirth, basically, which <laughs> is like, or the, it's just the journey is childbirth, which I don't know what they're trying to say with it. Like, uh, is it is it hard? Are they? Is it like kind of a new birth of right. like, humanity? Yeah, maybe all that. Yeah, um, but it's just like I saw that line, and that line immediately was just like. That's a cool line. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, moving into... Uh, oh, well, actually, I, before we move into it... Sure. They end with a callback to Planet B, where they end it with, there is a planet. They, they say Planet V in the... Yeah, that's what I'm reading lyrics, here. So, but yeah, what is Planet V? Yeah, there is a Planet V. Ooh. There's no Planet B, but there's a Planet V. Okay. And it's awful, it's awful to live on, yeah, but yeah. there is one, uh, which gets us into... Uh, Paraphilion. Perihelion, yeah, perihelion. Which I have no idea how that. So uh, this this song one I wrote all thrash because it's back to the chugging and the fastness of it. Yeah, and, the like, chorus is very like almost power metal, mm-hmm. um, where it's it's kind of like triumphant. You've got your like major chords and the uh, the guitar following. And so what I wrote the, is uh, the vocals. lyrics are getting more and more futuristic because. Venetian one alluded to it, but then you're like, okay, they're straight up in the building spaceships, cockpits, and shit like that. Like, yeah. like, like, um, and I wrote nihilistic and misanthropic, thropic, because this whole record is basically saying, we fucked ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's what it means. And so, so, record, and like you said, climate change, uh, it's weird. These last episode, you did a record that was themed. Yeah. Right? And this is another record that I've seen. Well, my two records are sort of amoebas and sort of like love songs. I like concept albums. Like that's one thing you will realize is if you do a concept album, I'm like, oh, concept album. Yeah, yeah, give me that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, this has a lot of imagery. This this song does too. Uh There's a little bit more the world building when it comes to the nation one and two later on the record crew. Um, I love the little breaks in the song too. They have little breaks like just in between like solos and shit I fucking love that like it it gives you a little time to process what happened in the verse before yeah uh, because like I said they don't stop it's just chugging it along like they don't it, it gives you a little time to see like okay what did I just hear and I have this background music that's fucking awesome too yeah so uh, I didn't really have too many notes on this one but like the last song where I felt like that was the first time double bass showed up mm-hmm. this is the first song that harmonica showed up yeah they have a designated harmonica player. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm waiting one, two, three, four, five. We're on the sixth song, and I finally get to play, like, 
10 seconds of harmonica. <laughs> He's probably going to win this shit with the thing around his neck since that song. Right. <laughs> so, after Perihelion. Perihelion. Which is hard because you listen to the song and they do, they break they break the word up. So it's like, yeah. they go peri perihelion. I'm like, what the fuck? Right? Which is like, how the hell did you break up perihelion into something singable? Right. So then Big we props get, for that one. Yeah. So then we get Divination 2. Right, which I think is the people trying to leave Venus after they realize, like, right. oh, fuck. But there's also people on there that, that you think, there's also thoughts on there that it's a different crew. Oh, it could be. Yeah. So, because uh, also, like I said, moving along. Like, you're yeah. getting this next song pretty quick. You gotta keep up. Um, the story is captivating. Yeah. Um, with Venetian 1, Venetian 2, Venetian 2, you care about, like, what happens to these people that went to this inhospitable planet to try to find something cool about it. Um, Something livable. They went to a planet that you can't look at and you can't breathe because it's better than living on Earth. Yeah, which is deformed. Which is mentioned earlier in the record there. Yeah. It's deformed. Um, I, uh... I really like Venetian too. I honestly think that they could have switched the sequence a bit Venetian went to happen right after another oh like Venusian 1 Venusian yeah. 2 yeah because well, Perihelion while it um, does world bit a bit more I think sticking with this would have helped it a bit more but that's I'm not I'm not picking out too much because I'm not um, I'm not King Gizzard and the Wizard Wizard I think they probably needed um, Venusian 2 there to kind of keep reminding you that these people exist because their ultimate fate kind of happens on the last track of the album. Yeah. So if you have three songs in a row that don't feature the crew at all. So, uh, so is planet V and vitamin V, are they tied together to you? Maybe. So planet V is obviously Venus. So maybe vitamin V is what they were able to find that was salvageable from this point. Maybe. Well, you got Venusian too, which is going to be a different crew, so it's probably multiple generations later. Yeah. They've probably evolved in a different yeah. way that they need this vitamin from Venus yeah. um, to continue living since they allowed themselves to live on Venus. Um, so they probably need the vitamin V to continue living, like a vitamin D or something like that. So then we move on. To self-employed. Yeah. Which I think is basically the demise of the Venusian crew. Pretty much. Uh, um, musically, I love how this one, like, it opens on this kind of, like, da-da, da-da, yeah. da which, like, hints at a different beat, and then the guitars come in yeah. in a completely different time signature, yeah. and it's jarring. Where yeah, you're just is. like, that is not at all what I thought this song was going to sound like, and yeah. somehow it works like the the beats of the drums change the emphasis within like this weird guitar riff that they got going right. on so um they used the term insano in this song yep. and uh it made me remind me of Waterboy. i don't know if you've seen that how many years but there's I've a seen water boy of course you've seen water boy. <laughs> product of the 90s okay I saw so i even if I never watched it through cause, uh, cultural osmosis, yeah. I've seen Waterboy. So uh, there is a scene where the big show from wrestling shows up, right. and he plays this character called Captain Insano. And um, and uh, Bobby Boucher, well, 
he pokes someone in the eye and he goes, Captain Shinra shows no mercy. Right? <laughs> and so I couldn't help but think that in this song. Right, it's hard. So, but but the song, like, it's like a theme of the record. The Venusian crew, what I thought in my head, is they basically burned up. <laughs> like, like, Yeah, it, it was getting to the point that it was so... Uh, so torturous to be doing whatever they were doing that it was better for them to just set themselves on fire. Yeah, but the thing is how much I love the composition with the lyrics in this song. Mm-hmm. I think of all the songs in the record, these are the ones that tied the most two together when it comes to composition versus the lyrics. Oh, yeah. Like, they, I think this is the song that meshed together with it. Um, and uh, I was... I was upset for the Venusian 2 crew. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, I really, really... I'm Like, this was a fast record to get through, as opposed to Jolson was, at points, to be honest, kind of a slog. Yeah. There, but, there are no sloggy points on this album. No, no. They, they fucking... Hey, we're, we're moving on to the next riff, you know, riff or next song. Keep up. Yeah. Uh, I liked that there was just a drum solo on this album. <laughs> yeah, The yeah. drum solo was great. Uh, I think... This song has the best chorus. Oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I different songs do different things well, mm-hmm. and it's like every song does something different better than other songs. But there's no song that's like this has the best riff, this has the best verse, this yeah. has the best chorus, which I think is really cool for a whole album. Uh, that there are different parts of the album that it's like, I want. It's like, okay, I'm going to keep listening to this because I want to get to the self-immolate chorus. I want to get to the riffage in Venusian 2. I want to get to that, like, hook on Perihelion. So, Getting to Hell, the last song on the record. Right. This is a bookend to this whole record. This is sort of encapsulates the world they created and what happens if we stay in this world and the world we might yeah the world we might create right perfect and there's nothing good this is what i wrote down there's nothing good waiting for us later yeah and if we don't we're gonna yeah because what's gonna happen we're gonna go to we're gonna die on earth with some crazy disease yeah or we will escape in our trash rocket if we're if we're rich enough no, that's oh, if we yeah. go to Mars. If we go to yeah. Venus in our trash rocket, yeah, we we burn alive. Yeah, we'll we'll get there and it'll be awful. We can't breathe, and then we'll evolve into these people that need to take this vitamin constantly, and then we'll burn alive. And then then what's waiting for us? Hell. Yeah, that's it. Then we got hell. So, um, if I if I had to have one criticism of the record, it's that it moves along so quick. It moves along so fast that um, they kind of some of the songs blend together, right? Um, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of chugging going yeah. on. There's a lot, a lot of chugging, of... and that's not a bad thing at all. But um, I rather really enjoyed listening to it because it was a, a nice reprieve from what we've been listening right. to recently. Um, uh, like you said, like like this is King Gizzard second record this year right yep and so they keep it pretty light i guess the best way to put it as in like as in they move on a lot a lot of stuff happening and um and uh i feel like like if this were the one record they released this year i'd be kind of upset i could maybe 
see that. I think they they got their point across. There's yeah. not a lot of extraneous stuff here because uh-huh. I don't I don't know what else you'd add to it. Would you add like? No, extra, I'm not. I'm extra... not saying that. I'm saying that they need a second record. Okay. Yeah, but I I, I like this a lot. This was really really fucking. Uh, I was like I said, every song in my head I can nod my head to. Right. Yeah. There was not. No, there was almost none of that. And he's awesome. So um. Uh, I mean, I like hell. It hits us with since we're hitting back to like classic eighties thrash mm-hmm. metal and metal and stuff. This one has the Slayer riff. Oh yeah. You gotta have a Slayer yeah, riff. Yeah, yeah. This song has the Slayer riff, and it it has the titular line. Which if your album has a titular line, it better be a kick ass song. Yeah. And this song's pretty kick-ass, yeah, and a, they say infest, infest the rat's nest. They got the thesis in the record right, exactly. right down that and last it, song. It, it, I think it's the last line of the album, yeah, even. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, that's pretty cool. So what, if you had any criticisms of this record, where would you put it? Honestly, on Superbug. Yeah. Like, I think it's a really cool song. Do you wish that they'd had a whole record that was all fast? Yeah. Yeah. I think this would be a great thrash record if... It works really well if this whole thing is supposed to be a kind of a love letter to all metal. Okay. But maybe they don't hit on the slower metals or different genres of metal enough that Superbug seems like it belongs. Okay. Like, metal is one of those genres. That, like, there's so many subgenres of metal that can oh, do yeah, different there's things. there's so many. But with this album specifically, it's like you have Thrash and you've got the single stoner metal song. Yeah. Where they could have done, like, we've got our thrash song, we've got our stoner metal song, we've got our black metal song, we've got our death metal song, we got, we we have our doom metal song. Like They could do a bunch of different stuff like that, and it so it kind of feels out of place in the whole album. Mm-hmm. It's cool in the story. Right. I think the song, the song on its own is amazing. Superbook? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it does kind of, similar to the side three of Angel Olsen, it kind of grinds it to a halt a little bit where it's like eight minutes of kind of living in this kind of repetitive riff which we haven't experienced before or after on yeah, the we, album we have adrenaline left over and now you're making this yeah yeah which again amazing song i don't think it fits very well on this album so this is the hard part for you i imagine ranking it you would think yeah. um but i fucking love this album <laughs> okay. like i think it's really good um, so going with our ranking system, mm-hmm. uh, Angel Olsen had, was out of four. She yeah. had four albums. Yeah. They have 15 yeah, albums. Yeah, where do you go with this? So this is out of 15. Uh-huh. Um, this is a three out of 15. Okay, that's what this I thought is my third. This is my third favorite album of theirs. Yeah. Uh, their first being Polygon and Wanaland. Okay. Which is great. Just a really cool kind of prog rock album. After that would probably be Nonagon Infinity. Yeah, which I'm really interested to listen to. Yeah, you you should definitely listen to that one. Anyone should listen to that one if you're considering getting into King Gizzard at all. Okay. And then followed by this one. Yeah. Like, I think this is awesome. This is really cool. It's an homage, definitely, to early It's an homage, and it might be mostly from, like, a subjective standpoint as Uh opposed to objective. This might not be, like, their most technically skilled one, best story, things like that, but my love for kind of metal and right. early thrash and things like that really puts this one higher on the list than oh, it yeah. probably falls on a lot of other so, people's yeah, lists. I think a lot of people, metal fans, will listen to this and they'll go, okay, I want to listen to the other stuff they do. And it's not going to really be much like it. Yeah, it, yeah. Took me, it actually took me a while to get into King Gizzard because when you hear that name, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, 
at least from my perspective, I yeah. hear it like it's going to be kind of a stoner metal yeah. thing. It's going to be heavier, but it's not. They're they're a little lighter. They're a little bit more experimental. They're they're more psychedelic than they are metal. Okay. And but this album is what I thought King Gizzard was going to sound like when I first tried to listen to them. And so now you finally got that. I finally got what I thought King Gizzard was going to sound like, and it's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, it is a Halloween season. It is. It is. October. So we are, we are officially done talking about these two albums. We're going to talk about some things that are spooky, or the Halloween themes, right? Yeah, it's, it's an October episode. I feel like we should maybe quickly throw some spooky so, recommendations out there. So I have two right away that I wrote, I wrote down with that. Oh, I've got way more than two. Shit. Hopefully so, you wrote more. <laughs> so I wrote, uh, there's a uh, band called Liars. They're kind of like... Liars? Liars. They're kind of like a I didn't know you liked Liars. Do you like Liars? I fucking love Liars. Do you like Sister World? Sister World is my second favorite. It is a creepy record. It really is. Yeah, so that's why I put it down for... Hey, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, weird. Uh, okay, we've uh, never talked about Liars. They're one so, of those bands that it's just like, I don't really talk about people because of how weird they are. Yeah, they're, they're a weird band. They are post-punk, I guess is the best way to put them. They started off as like a dance punk yeah, band. And, and, then they, and then they came out Sister World, which is a creepy place. If Sister World existed, it's not a place I definitely ever want to go to. Yeah, they have a song called Broken Witch. Yeah. Which... Uh, is insane. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. that song is insane, but it shows up on my, like, songs I sing in the car playlist. Oh, yeah? Because, it, but it's so fucking weird, and the, lyri- the lyrics are weird, and... God, what a weird band, but they're That's, so good. I'm surprised we haven't talked about Liars before. They're just one of those bands that's like, I don't think I like enough to recommend to people, yeah, but, but it's like, I will listen but, to but everything they release. But there's something in there that you're like, oh... Um, yeah, uh, maybe listen to that, Drums Not Dead, or Mess, if okay. you want to just kind of get into some weird stuff. No Barrier Fun is a creepy song. Oh, I love a, that song. With a great, uh, with, a creepy song with a great title that doesn't match the song at all. I think Sister World, uh, the first half of that album yeah. is great, and it yeah. kind of falls apart later on. Uh-huh. Like, it, they, they kind of... They start off with like this really strong like uh, "Scissor" is yeah, an amazing yeah. song, and "No Barrier Fun" is awesome, and I can't remember the rest of the songs on there. But the first half of that album is really good, and they it's not super weird, and then they get really weird. Yeah, and, and it's, it's kind of like, well, I don't like the rest of this as much. But yeah, but yeah, like when it comes to Sister World, um, the the riffs in the first part they're fucking weird. Yeah, like something like it'd be like something you're seeing in your living room writing, and you're like, this doesn't work. But they're like, no, it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the second record that, by the way, is one of the most terrifying things I've ever listened to. It's by a, uh, a Greek-American, I want to say like avant-garde singer named Diamanda Gaha. And she wrote this thing called The Litanies of Satan in 1980. Mm-hmm. I can't explain this, but it is fucking terrifying. I'm I've never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, so you if you can read my handwriting, it's called the Witness of Satan. It's um she's re- basically it's it sounds like what hell would sound like. Uh huh. But um but she's also re- uh, reciting lines from this um different uh, poet the whole time. And I've showed it to people and they're like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "You're not terrified by it because I was." Um, it is, and I'm saying, if I. 
I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in God at all. Mm-hmm. But this song scares the living bejesus out of me. Damn, I might have to check it so, out. So yeah, yeah, I would recommend you check it out. Um, I can't say that it's a good Halloween like partying around song because it's not. But it no, is. This is this is what you play to spook yourself. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. If you're in bed and you play this song, prepare not to leave bed that night. <laughs> I actually only have one album on my list. Okay, and it's uh, Delirium Cordia. By Phantomus. Okay. Which is a super group, actually. Okay. Of, of who? Mike Patton from... Of Faith No More. Faith No More and Mr. Bungle. Uh-huh. Uh, Buzz Osborne uh, from, from the Melvins. Melvins. Right. Uh, uh, Dave Lombardo from Slayer as the drummer. Okay. And then Trevor Dunn, uh, who's a bass player. He played for Mr. Bungle, but he did other things as so, well. So, yeah, I mean, Mr. Bungle, you said some people that, then I can know... The, the people who listen to Mr. Bungle who do not listen to Faith No More. Right. Mr. Bungle is kind of like a avant-garde, metal, noise, weird... They're weird, for sure. They're very weird. They're one of my favorite bands, though. Um, but they might have inadvertently invented new metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I think is a chip that Mike Patton maybe carry, might carry on his shoulder. Yeah. Um... But Phantomus, the super group, yeah. made an album called Delirium Cordia, which is supposed to kind of emulate uh, being uh, uh, operated on without okay. anesthesia. Okay. So it's this like 56 minute long track where it's like they'll have like musical interludes yeah. and then they'll have different parts that are like it's supposed to emulate um, somebody like scraping your teeth oh my god like at the dentist and yeah. it's like if you're listening on headphones it you can almost feel it oh yeah and there's so there's like different parts where it's like it feels like you're falling back into this like dream world would you consider it spooky it's dude it's spooky yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're falling back in this dream world of like music but then you're like kind of waking up mm-hmm. and you can't move and there's like you hear the sounds of like doctors operating on you and right. then you pass out again oh my god it's such a it's such a weird experience and i love it i i own it I own the physical version on CD, and it's like you open it up, and there's pictures of like surgery and shit, and it's just like, oh, this is gross. Um, so that's as far as music goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I got a lot of movies. Keep pretty, going. pretty much any John Carpenter movie. Uh, the Thing is one of my favorite movies of all time. Prince of Darkness. Uh, they Live is kind of a fun watch and not really all that scary. Obviously, Halloween. Um, Halloween is a must-watch. Christine. The Fog, I think, is really underrated. Yeah. And a lot of people get it confused with The Mist and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both pretty good. I mean, yeah, Pirate Ghosts living in a fog is really cool. <laughs> um, as far as books go, yeah, uh, there's a comic manga thing called Uzumaki. I do love your quote <laughs> manga. It, it is a manga, but I feel weird being somebody who doesn't read manga nor watch anime going but, like read this manga surprisingly enough you pronounce manga correctly well yeah <laughs> i'm not an idiot yeah. i'm not like, a weeb but i'm my, not an idiot my wife upstairs she has a big collection of a bunch of stuff uh-huh. and i can't i've called it manga for the longest time until she corrected me um <laughs> look we can't get married until you pronounce this manga yeah um so uzumaki is just almost like this horror artist riffing on spirals yeah so it's like there's people being obsessed with spirals things transforming into spirals, like 
just this thing that I will eventually force on you. Okay. Because um, <laughs> you need to you need to read it. Okay. Um, as far as like video games go of course um because i gotta you, talk about video games because you are do video game podcasts right? a lot of video game podcasts i've got there's a game called anatomy uh-huh. uh which it's super cheap it's on this website called itch.io okay um or itch.io but I oh gotcha itch.io. i've yeah. played it for you guys and die yeah and, and they're it I think the game costs like three dollars, but it's just it's a really good short little thing by Kitty Horror Show. Okay, is a single. Uh, it's one person working on these games, and she does a lot of really like interesting. I would call them like almost like postmodern horror games. Okay, there's a game uh, called Gear Walk, which is Gear Walk Year Year Okay Year Yeah Like Boy Year Like day month year yeah, gotcha. <laughs> um, uh it's on computer and wii u weird okay the best version is on wii u because uh-huh. it does a lot of really cool stuff with like the gamepad controller okay. uh amazing by the way are you ever getting a switch eventually okay i i i my backlog is so big at this point that it's like can i really i love my switch i would love i played a switch earlier today because nintendo showed up at my school and we're like play some games you're like for sure <laughs> yeah i got nothing going on so i played some of the new zelda i tried out the new switch light oh how's that switch light it's cool but i want a i want something i can play on my tv yeah, so i won't sure, get yeah. it um there's another game i think it's it's either on steam or it's on itch.io or both called i am scared okay another kind of really cool like meta horror game that it does a lot of stuff with like dropping files on your computer oh shit that's crazy you're doing weird stuff so there's like a lot of like puzzles you have to solve outside of the game to figure out what you need to do in the game um a final one as far as video games go called spooky's jump scare mansion okay that it's kind of starts off as this like innocuous thing you drop yeah. you drop into this mansion cute little ghost girl drops down <laughs> and she's like this is my mansion yeah uh go walk through it and you have to the goal of it is to walk a thousand rooms and they're all kind of randomly generated okay and it's mostly like you walk so straight is it, it roguelike or something like that no you're not really fighting anything okay. but it's like you'll walk in and you'll walk straight or you'll walk to the left you okay. walk to this door but they build up this tension and then every so often uh, a, like a really loud noise will happen and like a cardboard cutout of a cute ass ghost will pop out <laughs> of the wall but then as you go through it like every hundred floors it's like oh fuck this is actually getting scary yeah now. yeah and like you have to solve like real puzzles and it's really cool okay um but just every so often there's these cute little like ghosts or pumpkins will <laughs> pop out of the wall just make this really like <laughs> sound and it scares you every time <laughs> but it, i don't know it makes you laugh and then i think the last thing is not even it's not even really that spooky yeah. it's just oh you feeling like falling you don't want to get spooked out too much uh watch the show over the garden wall okay it's a mini series it's 10 episodes but since it's a cartoon it's 10 15 oh, minutes maybe. yeah 10 15 minute episodes so it's where like, can you find it it's on hulu okay it's on dvd i think okay. it might be on blu-ray but definitely on Hulu, uh, it was a Cartoon Network thing. It takes maybe two hours to watch. Okay. And it might be one of the most perfect miniseries ever. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, it's a it's the most amazing fall thing to watch. Okay. But it is also just one of the best shows that's ever existed. It's a nice, like, just 
tight little package of uh like the story rounds itself out nicely there's stuff in there to think about but still enough in there uh that it all makes sense it's awesome and then there's thriller <laughs> the michael jackson video i'm just kind of joking but yeah you should it, probably it, watch it thriller. Is, it's, it it's a, nine minutes you yeah, can check it, it out it is a quintessential halloween thing right yeah well, I think that's all my recommendations. Um, I'm going to tell people to go ahead and they'll hear this on my other podcast, but you can go ahead and skip it in the tall grass by the Stephen King adaptation on Netflix. It's kind of fucking light. You can skip it? Yeah. But you like The Witch. I love The Witch. You like Midsummer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, guys, one thing you know about me is uh, uh, I am not a horror guy, but my favorite movies of the past 10 years are horror films. I feel like that's where the real like artists and yeah. auteurs are right so now. So Hereditary, is... Midsummer, The Witch, uh, uh, Mandy, Get Out, Get Out, Us, yeah. Us, yeah. So like these great movies, of the past five ten years are these horror films. Yeah. Um, I mean, I showed you Mandy for the first time a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I I bought it specifically on your recommendation when we were doing a movie night. Would you Would you Would you recommend it? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I watched it with you yeah i finished watching it later and basically the next person who's willing to let me bring a movie over to their house i'm bringing mandy with me because mandy is fucking crazy. It's, it's awesome yeah so um are you good buddy i think so i think, yeah, I think we've said everything we can uh obviously you like movies yeah so yeah yeah what I else just, do you have going on i got movie a new related? podcast called the movies that don't suck and some that do if you guys search that make sure you write the whole contraction of don't because otherwise you won't really find it. But we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Tune, we're wherever you can find podcasts. Movies don't suck on something to do. Me and my host Neil do almost exclusively new movies. How yeah, you guys do two movies, like two movies a week, whether yeah. it be a Netflix movie yeah. or something. But they're, in theaters. they're something generally they come out in the past month or so. Yeah, and you guys don't spoil stuff either, oh, as far uh, as I've noticed. So. The first 10 episodes we do, but then we found out people do not like you spoiling stuff. But um, we do, if we're going to spoil something, we definitely warn you. Yeah. Like, we're doing The Joker next week. Um, we cannot talk about that without spoiling it. But we will give you a, it'll be the end of the episode, and we'll give you a 10 second warning to cool. turn it off. Um, like, we're going to do it in the grass first, and then Joker, because Joker has a, a lot more stuff attached to it. Um, we generally don't spoil stuff, but if we do, we give you a warning. Yeah, so you, you do good, as far as I've listened, you guys do good recommendations. You talk about stuff without spoiling And we things. also bring in other movies by the same, sort of, if it's the same sort of team, same director will say, yeah, check this one out, check this one out. Right. Uh, but we try to be as thorough as possible. Good. And we try to make it as funny as possible. Too. <laughs> and then I do a video game book club mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, all, as... all the guys on the, his podcast are funny as fuck, by the way. Well, good. <laughs> We don't think so. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, they yeah. suck. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is the uh, Cool Bandana Guys yeah. on YouTube. It's uh-huh. not really on like Spotify or anything like is that. It, is it on SoundCloud? They're, yeah, I think a few, as the new episodes come out, they're on SoundCloud available to download. Are you going to bother Dash to put them everywhere else? No. Because honestly, the like RSS feeds are the hardest thing to do once you do. Fucking easy. Cool. Um, but it's all on YouTube. It is kind of a episodic thing on a uh, Let's Play channel. Uh-huh. So if you want to watch uh, 
two idiots play Frogger 2, yeah. you can. If you want to watch three idiots play Ape Escape, you can. Are um, you one of those idiots in both of them? I'm, I'm one of the idiots on Ape Escape. Okay. Um, but Frogger 2, the best game ever made, I am not part of. Okay. Um, but there's also the, uh, the book club, which is us... Uh, at least five people or so we agree on a game to play for the month and then we get together at the end of the month and talk about what we gained from it, whether we liked it um, just kind of like a round table discussion about and this is, this is on YouTube? it's on YouTube okay so Cool Bandana Guys and also Video Game Book Club correct, Okay. well Cool Bandana Guys is what Video Game Book Club is on okay, yeah. okay and that's all I've got going on. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's all we have for this week. So I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. This, this is this, this is Rick and I. Yeah. We will see you next time with two new albums and a lot more to say. Good times. Thanks, guys. Bye.